The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Columbus Day. We have, uh, on this show, not done what many cities have done across the uh, country and changed the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day or whatever. It's, um, it's pretty amazing how Columbus has gone from a hero, a discoverer, a man of God when I was a, a kid in school to maybe the worst person in the history of the planet. Maybe a person so bad that I think they prefer Hitler over Columbus. They talk about him worse than they do Christopher Columbus. That's why we've invited uh, David Barton in to talk about uh, Columbus. Welcome, David. Hey, Pat. Good to be with you, man. Um, so with uh, with your experience at Wall Builders, you've, you've been looking into Christopher Columbus and his voyages for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have. And isn't it amazing how virtually every college, virtually every high school, almost every curriculum now uh, has a one-sided view of this man that is breathtakingly bad. It's, uh, well, just to give you an idea, uh, there, was a, there was a word association game played uh, with Native Americans, and the word that they asked them to associate something with was Christopher Columbus. Uh, here's what happened. Take a look at this. Christopher Columbus. Uh, evil. Pure evil. Pure evil. Okay. Much more to come. Invader. He got lost coming here, and he's the one that named us Indians because he thought he was in India. So he's, he's not a good figure to the Native community. Confused? <laughs> I don't think we should have a holiday for it. <laughs> Pain, claiming mm-hmm. North America is, is like land that could be claimed and could be taken. It's the start of a lot of pain. Christopher Columbus. Mm. Uh, I guess ignorance. Oh my God, murder, genocide, the atrocities committed, just grotesque. Um, Really? And the scars are still felt today. Evil. Evil. Ah, f*** him. Yeah, f*** Columbus. Christopher Columbus. That's a big f*** you. He's the first terrorist in America, that's for sure. According to the U.S. government law, it says if you partake and somebody that's stealing, then you're just as guilty. Everybody knows the United States was stolen. So therefore, all those that are original, that knows about the genocide, the rape, the murder, the theft, the putting on the reservations on a rock that they couldn't survive on, they're gonna have to face judgment. Murderer, um, rapist. It always was weird to me to have that day off in celebration of somebody like you we don't have a day for hitler but it's you know it's the same thing like, good golly like there, there are so many other 
people that Italian Americans or Italians can hold up as their heroes, besides Columbus. Wrong. <laughs> Fake. Fake. They teach us that Christopher Columbus discovered America. Oh, is that what they teach? That Christopher Columbus didn't discover anything and instead got lost. Okay, well, there's, uh, I mean, evil, murderer, rapist, genocidal maniac, terrorist, <laughs> there's, uh, fake, phony. How much of that is accurate, David? One of the things one of the things we do in the summer with Mercury One is we bring in about 50 kids at a time for two weeks, and we expose them to things like this and say the best way to handle this or anything is you start asking questions. The first question you ask is, what are your sources on this? The next question you ask is, are there any other sources on that? And the third question is, did they say anything other than what you're quoting? So well, for, first thing I would ask these. There's these just people, not that kind of rational thinking going no, on. No, with, there's not. With our and viewers. when you start asking those questions, it becomes, uh, and, and let me give you an example. The things they have, all right, the, the charges against Columbus come primarily from Columbus's crew, the crew that wrote about mm. what happened, mm -hmm. okay? So what happens is all these charges are out of, of rape, of murder, of pillaging, it all came from the crew. Okay, so he goes, he's taken in change back to Spain and stands through the whole legal process back in Spain. Guess what? He gets 100% exonerated. It turns out that those who were making the claims are the ones who were guilty of what they were charging Columbus with. Mm -hmm. So the king and queen send Columbus back on another journey. So we're talking about, all right, let's go into court with two sides, and the jury exonerates one side, but we're going to keep alive the charges made by the other side, even though the jury threw it out. And that essentially is what is happening here. You have claims made, and they're made by a couple of sailors particularly, and those claims were thrown out when it got into the legal process, but that's what the professors keep quoting. The other interesting thing is you ask, what is your source? When you read the letter, they will take quotes out of the letter and not give the rest of the letter which then puts it in context and even rebuts what was said. In other words, it's kind of like hearsay evidence. Pat told me this and this, but I don't give the rest of what you said to explain what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happens mm -hmm. now. So you get kids, th this is pure indoctrination because it's not about truth anymore. Because if it was about truth, you would read the whole letter or you would point out the fact that Columbus was exonerated of all these claims, but that doesn't get done. So we know it's indoctrination at that point. What I kind of learned was he was a, a good man. He he was a discoverer. He was an explorer, but he was a he turned out to be a terrible governor. Is, is there any truth to that? Well, the reason he's a terrible governor is he couldn't control his own men because they were all a bunch of vagabonds. Matter of fact, let me just read one of Columbus's quotes back to the the king and queen. And I say back to the king and queen. You got to understand he never wrote the king and queen because that wasn't protocol. You wrote to those around the king and queen, and they got the letter to him. So mm -hmm. he, he wrote the nurse, uh, the nurse of the, the son of the king and queen, or he wrote others that were really close. But, but here's, here's Columbus's thing, uh, and just talking about the men that are with him on, on the voyage. He says, I do solemnly declare that a great number of men have been brought to the Indies who did not deserve to be baptized in the eyes of God or men and should now return thither. And that was as the, these guys don't deserve any name of Christian or of man or anything because they were corrupt. And so in, in the case of Columbus, every time he turned his back, his guys turned against him. So he would leave some mm. and go off to another island, try to say something, and they would ravage and pillage while he was gone. 
or the, these guys that made the claims got it back to Isabel and Ferdinand, and they sent a governor to take Columbus's place so he could go back and face the charges. The governor hadn't even landed before he started piling on Columbus. He didn't even investigate to see what was true or not. He hated Columbus. And so Columbus is an ineffective governor because he's got guys that don't want to be ruled by the rule of law. And he was really explicit, for example, when they went in among the Indians, uh, there are three groups of Indians that Columbus had to deal with. One of, one of whom was uh, a good group of Indians, a good right? Group that of he, Indians. Got, he got along with really well. Uh, matter of fact, let me, let me read to you what Columbus says about the good group of Indians. This is his description of them, and I've pulled a bunch of his quotes out because these aren't the things we hear anymore. So let me get these. Um, he, he says, uh, the admiral, he, he calls himself the admiral. He says, I ordered them all to be treated well and said, these are the best people in the world and the gentlest and above all, wow. I entertain the hope that they will become Christians. And that's what he wrote back to Ferdinand and Isabel. And on multiple occasions, he says, these are the best people in the world and the gentlest. And so what happened was when they, when they came ashore and met this particular tribe, and there were many tribes in the Caribbeans, this is one, they met this tribe, the, the people wanted to trade with them for anything they had. And so what happened was his guys would start giving them beads, and the people would give gold back in, in return. That's how they found out there was gold there. And so the guys started giving them broken bottles, broken pieces of bottles, um, rings off the, off the barrels, anything, and they're getting gold. And Columbus forbid all trading with the Indians. He said, no, you can give them stuff. You cannot take anything from them because they're so simple, so gentle. They want to please us so much. They're giving everything away. And so Columbus would not let them do that. Now, the guys wanted the gold. But Columbus is saying, you can't take the gold from these guys. Yeah. And so he turns his back and leaves. Guess what? They, they give them broken bottles. They give them broken pieces. And, and so he's a bad governor because he can't control his own guys because they don't want to be controlled. Yeah. There's a letter where he calls them, uh, he says, Spaniards are the most greedy and avarice of all people. And, and it's like, wow. you, can't, you can't take the greed out of these guys. How do you rule if you can't control your guys? Right. Now, there was also a tribe among the Indians that wasn't so peaceful, that wasn't so genteel. Uh, in fact, they were, they were cannibals. Uh, they enjoyed eating human flesh. Let me kind of, let me, let me read to you. What, what he says uh, about these. Um, and I want to get it in the right order here because it, it, it's pretty graphic in places. So remember, they're going among the islands and they're finding all of, all of these things among the islands. And, and he left his guys in various islands would return later. Um, it says, on the 27th of November, we sailed to an island. And, and on the 28th, we went ashore where we found all of our above-mentioned men dead and still lying there on the ground without eyes which we thought to have been eaten because as soon as the Indians have beheaded anyone, immediately they scoop out the eyes and eat them. Wow. So he comes back and finds These aren't the gentle Indians, by the way. <laughs> so now we're dealing with a, a second tribe. And so here, now this is, this is from a Dr. Chaka. He was on the second voyage. This is his record of what they saw, island to island. He said, besides those articles of food, he likewise brought away, and this is after they visited one of the villages, he likewise brought away with him four or five bones of human arms and legs. When we saw those bones, we immediately suspected that we were among the Caribbean islands whose inhabitants eat human flesh. So they went in and they, they found, they went to one of these islands. It says, we inquired of the women who were prisoners of the inhabitants of the island. That's the third group, is the cannibals take a bunch of prisoners from the other islands. So mm. now they're among, and said, we, we, uh, inquired of the women who were prisoners of the inhabitants of this island what sort of people these islanders were. And they replied, Caribbees. And as soon as these women learned that we abhor such kind of people because of evil practice of eating human flesh, 
they were delighted. So they've now found allies. Here's what the women said. These captive women told us that the Caribbean men used them with such cruelty as would scarcely be believed and that they eat the children which they bear to them. Mm. Now, here's the deal. You got two kinds of women. You got the, the Caribbean women who are the cannibal women and you got those who have been captured by others. So those who have been captured, they have sex with them and they have children and they eat the children. So they're using oh them gosh. like farm cows. It they, says they were in desperate need of a Chick-fil-A on that. Oh, man. Jeez. So, and they eat the children, which they bear them Oof. only bringing up those children, which they have by their native wives, such their male enemies as they can take away alive. They bring here to their homes to make a feast of them. And those who are killed in battle, they eat up right after the fighting is over. They claim that the flesh of man is mm. so good to eat that nothing like it can be compared to it in the world, which is pretty evident for of the human bones we found in their houses, everything that could be gnawed had already been gnawed, so that there remained nothing in them but what was too hard to be eaten. And in one of the houses, we found the neck of a man undergoing the process of cooking in a pot preparatory for eating it. The inhabitants of these caribbees are beastly. Now, this mm. is indigenous. Th is this the indigenous people day we're talking about <laughs> celebrating no. here? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, now, I've got one more I, for you. So, yeah. Continuing, it says, In their wars upon the inhabitants of the neighboring island, the Caribbean capture as many of the women as they can, especially those who are young and handsome, and keep them as concubines. And so great a number do they carry off that in 50 houses, now this is on Caribbean island, in 50 houses we entered, we found no man. They were all women. So the men mm. have 50 houses of, of nothing but concubine women where they're breeding all these babies they eat as soon as they're born. And it says, of that large number of captive females, more than 20 handsome women came away voluntarily with us. So here's where Columbus is taking slaves back to Spain. Mm -hmm. They were the slaves of the Caribbean, but they wanted to leave with Columbus. They wanted to get out of there. So he's carrying slaves all right, but not slaves that he made. These are slaves of other Indians that he's taken away with them. So when the Caribbean takes, now listen to this. When the Caribbean takes any boy as prisoners of war, they cut off their genitals at the belly. That's what we do on the ranch with steer cat, bulls. We make them steers because they grow better and mm -hmm. fatter. They cut off their genitals at the belly. They fatten the boys until they grow to manhood. And then when they wish to make a great feast, they kill them and eat them. For they say the flesh of boys and women is not good to eat, but of men it is. Three boys thus mutilated came fleeing to us when we visited the houses. Now that's our Indigenous People Day. Wow! This is what we're selling. This is what Columbus went in, and he just slaughtered. Well, I would too. Those kind of people, because if you're going to kill mm -hmm. my guys and dig their eyes out and eat them, I think I might fight. <laughs> you might back. fight back. You might. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More coming up in just a sec. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Columbus Day. We've got David Barton with us uh, just to kind of get some truth into the discussion about Christopher Columbus because in the last 20 years or so, uh, there's been very little of it. You can Google Christopher Columbus, and I, I have recently. And 
there is article after article. There's almost nothing you could find in a positive light on Christopher Columbus. Hmm. Even if you type in positive things about Christopher Columbus, you still don't get any. It's it's really mind-boggling how they've completely uh, re-envisioned this man. How they've how they've revised the history of him so completely that you can't even find a, a good word about him anymore. Um, but this is a book that you think is really good for kids. That's a good book for kids and adults as well. It's it's a biography about Christopher Columbus. Um, these we have what's called Heroes of History series about thirty biographies, and Columbus is one of the guys that needs to be highlighted. And that's what that book does. Christopher now, Columbus across the sea. There's there's a different version. If if you want the if you're going to college. And you're going to be facing a bunch of wacky professors. You mm-hmm. want to know how to answer their arguments, which means you need to hear their arguments. For that, this is the book, John Eidsmo. It's, uh, it's, Eidsmo is a law professor. I'm at, actually dean of, dean of law school. And so he's a sharp guy. And he takes all the arguments that you're going to hear and shows you the historical records behind them. Columbus and Cortez. Columbus and Cortez. Conquerors for Christ. Yep. Okay. Um, now, what is it you have in front of you? Because you, you brought some, we're, we're talking about where you can, you know, go for actual information, the real information, whether it's good or bad. How do you find the real story of Christopher Columbus? And it depends on your sources. It does depend on sources. This is a set on Christopher Columbus from 1828. This okay. is done by Washington Irving. Yeah. Who literally who was, guy. did extensive research extensive on Columbus research. and was granted access to all kinds of uh columbus's writings and the writings of the of the royalty at the time and he he was just given access because he was a famous author at the time to virtually everything and uh, other great scholars uh paul lachester ford is is one that has uh collections of of columbus's writings um this one is samuel uh morrison elliott or samuel ellison morrison he's another great historian and notice it's a collection of all of columbus's writings what you get with profs is a quote mm. or two. Right. Well, how about let's look at all the stuff that's out there. And yeah. that's what we, and that's what, of course, as you mentioned, it's what Washington Irving did. This is a fun book. This is all in uh, Italian, which I can't read. Um, but this is Columbus's own handwriting. And so it's been translated. Mm. And you read from Columbus's own hand what happened. Uh, firsthand wow. accounts. And so it really is good. And by the way, you find out that he really is a pious devoted Christian guy. He's not a genocidal maniac. He loves these people. He protects them. He wants to do the good thing for them. And I love the way that um, that Washington Irving described this. Matter of fact, let me just read, because Irving went through all the stuff we're talking about, how bad his crew was, how bad all these other guys were. And this is the way Irving concluded it. You asked whether he was a good governor or not. Washington Irving said, in this glorious plan, Columbus was constantly defeated by the dissolute rabble which it was his misfortune to command, with whom all law was tyranny and all order was restraint. They interrupted all useful works by their seditions. They provoked even the peaceful Indians to hostility. And after they had thus heaped misery and warfare upon their own heads, and they had overwhelmed Columbus with the ruins of of the edifice he was building, they charged him with being the the cause of the confusion." So, I mean, he got it exactly right, but that's what happens when you go through all the documents. You say, yeah, Columbus can be made to look bad, but it was the guys around him, and he knew that, and he kept saying that. And as a matter of fact, I've gotten to hear some of the other letters where he wrote the, the king and queen say, 
let me bring back guys at my own expense because then they'll be good guys. The, the guys you're sending with, with me are all corrupt. I'll pay for good guys to come over here. Just give me some good guys to do this work with. And so he's he really understands how bad these mm-hmm. guys are. And, and that's what historians today fail to even talk about. The other thing you'll hear about him is that he, uh, he was corrupted by gold and his desire to uh, get, get uh, incredible wealth for himself. Uh, how do you respond to that? I, he wanted wealth for sure. And he, he says in his own writings why he does. He wants wealth to be able to go liberate Jerusalem back from the Muslims who had just taken Jerusalem again. And so he thinks the holy city needs to be liberated. He wants to take and raise money to go get the, the Muslims out of there. And, and by the way, for those that don't know much about the Crusades, um, there's less than two dozen Christian Crusades and more than 600 Muslim Crusades. And so professors today will tell you about oh. the terrible Christians and their Crusades. Yeah. And there's over 600 Muslim Crusades. And Columbus is hitting on one of them. They just went and threw all the Christians out of Jerusalem, and he wants he wants Jerusalem back in the hands of the good guys. Was there a ton of gold on these islands? Um, there were some mines, and there was enough gold to keep his dissolute and his rabble men wanting more and more and more. Um, and so there were apparently some mines, and, and Columbus talked about it. And whenever Columbus left, his guys would start looking for the mines and start really you know, kind of abusing the people, show us where your minds are. And for those people, gold is no big deal. That's why they were willing to trade it for anything that was given them. It's just a commodity they had, but it was not there in great abundance. And how did, how did Columbus end up his life? He was, he wound up fairly poor and destitute. He, he? he did. He ended was up he discredited? Uh, he was not discredited. He, you know, he was disillusioned because he had, he had great plans and they just didn't come to pass. He had no idea what he opened up. You know, it's interesting that for historians and for for people in previous generations, they really saw him as the key to opening the Western world. And, and, you know, in in the clips Mm -hmm. you played, they they make fun of him for discovering. He didn't discover. What he did was he discovered to the European world what was here. Uh, We know that in in the case of even in the year 1000, we had uh, Europeans already in Minnesota in the year 1000. Vikings had landed in Minnesota. So he didn't discover it, but what he did was open it up to the, the Western civilization, if you would. Yeah, once he sailed here and wound up in the Caribbean islands, that kind of, that opened up people to come and right. stay this time. That's right. Right? So that's the difference between him and uh, Leif Erikson or whoever they reference. Some Chinese explorer, apparently. Yeah, there, there's several explorers who were here. Yeah. And, but see, here's the, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the providence of God. I think that God Me works too. all things for his end. Yeah. So the question becomes, why do you go from Columbus in 1492 and you really don't have any permanent settlements until you get to 1607? Why do you go 120 years from the time he's here till you really get anything going? And the answer for me is pretty simple is if you look at the colonization of North America, you have the Spanish, you have the Dutch, you have the French, and you have the English. The Spanish, by their nature, are the most barbaric. They're the meanest. They're the toughest. They believe in coercion. They're the guys who did the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. They will force you to confess to faith. or they'll kill. Now, Columbus was not Spanish. He was Italian. He was a different guy. But the Spanish are the most coercive. The French are, are next and the least coercive are the English. English did not use coercion with, with ministering to Indians or anybody else. So what happens, Columbus is over here. In those 120 years, we have the Reformation go on. 
and the Reformation really reforms religion were that those who come to America are now the pilgrims and the Puritans who have a whole different view of civil rights than any other nation had. So we kind of find it, and it's hold, held in abeyance for 120 years under the hand of Providence, and the people who come here are the good guys who bring civil rights with them, like the pilgrims. Right. So, and that was, that the precursor of that was Columbus, Col- not and, any other explorer. And, and that's why the founding fathers were so big on Columbus. They felt like he, in many ways, was a revolutionary in the same way that they were throwing off a bad system, trying to get rid of that Spanish system. He's trying to bring peace to these islands, not the Spanish coercive stuff that his men want to bring. He's trying to do different. And so he's he's bucking a stacked deck, and that's the way the Founding Fathers felt about themselves in many ways. It's great stuff. Appreciate it. David, is there is there a place where they can go and find this information? Um, like wall builders, do you have a lot of stuff on? We, the- we've got stuff on Columbus on wall builders, and okay. particularly that biography and the book by John Idsmo. Go to wallbuilders.com, and we've got that biography on Columbus. It's Appreciate great. it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's a whole different world when you know the actual facts of the argument, and so hopefully be able to pass this on to, on to your kids because they're just being indoctrinated with this stuff, and that's why everybody who's just about everybody in the millennial generation believes that Christopher Columbus is a genocidal killing machine a rapist uh a murderer it just it's really frustrating really pathetic and it's to the point where antifa this anti-fascist group is calling has called for a nationwide day on columbus day of defacing uh columbus statues some of the statues in new york are actually being guarded by police around the clock to try to avoid this but it's happened all over the city already and five christopher columbus statues in new york city in recent weeks have been defaced the one in central park they left blood red paint on his hands and scrawled hate will not be tolerated and hashtag something's coming on its pedestal and the new york city-based antifa group the revolutionary abolitionist movement made the announcement Uh, On Thursday, the 21st, calling uh, on Antifa groups nationwide to decorate their neighborhoods, meaning, you know, deface the Columbus statues. They recently hosted an Our Enemies in Blue anti-police workshop at their branch in Brooklyn, which is great. They also posted a video called Against Columbus Day. And I I think we have that. Let's, Let's take a look at Antifa's 2017 call to action which shows them destroying monuments and defacing property. Uh, this is this wonderful group. Pulling down statues. Putting up their hoods. It's catchy music, though. 
spray painting graffiti on the statues and the pedestals. has a good beat and it's easy to dance to. Um, I'll give it a six. A six? Yeah. What is this, Europe? Disco tech, man? Oh, look at the intense faces of the Antifa people. Wow. Wow. Cutting the rug over there, by the way. <laughs> That's going to be a Blaze TV experience later if you'd like to check that out. Yeah. TheBlazeTV.com. That's great. That's just great. Uh, and also, we uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think we showed this, but uh, here's, here's a couple of guys smashing the oldest Columbus statue. Uh, they took a sledgehammer to it in Baltimore. Uh, here's that beautiful moment from these wonderful people. What kind of a culture goes to such lengths to build such hate-filled monuments? What kind oh, of a culture right. clings to these monuments in 2017? The culture of white supremacy preceded the United States. It's at the foundation of U.S. culture, business, bureaucracies, and psychology. Observe how vehemently Republican and Democratic misleaders defend genocidal terrorists like Christopher Columbus and George Washington. White supremacy and the systems that sustain it must be replaced, or people will continue to suffer and the planet will continue to die. Part of our evolution as humans requires tearing down monuments to destructive forces and tearing down systems that maintain them. Part of our evolution like is to develop capitalism? new and ancient systems of democratic economics new and that center the needs of poor, indigenous, African-American, oh, wow. and brown people. Okay. <laughs> All right. So they're they're building a new system that centers on the poor and the indigenous peoples and the minority peoples, which is which is great because goodness knows capitalism hasn't lifted everybody up in this uh, civilization. It's uh, if if these guys are so convinced that socialism is the way to go there's plenty of socialist countries to go and enjoy i i don't i don't get it i don't get why if you hate it here so much if we're so oppressive if capitalism is so offensive to you what are you doing here just a little bit north of us is a fairly socialist government uh and if that's not social enough socialist enough there's always uh european socialism Maybe you go to China, where they've got that uh, capitalist hybrid, but it, it's mixed with a good amount of communism. A lot of space in those vacant malls that serve no purpose, too. You can hang out in there. Yes. You probably spray paint them. I don't know how the <clears throat> Chinese communist government will feel about that. If they catch you, they'll probably put you in prison for 20 years. Yeah. Life, maybe. I mean, we found out in uh, communist North Korea that if you take a poster off the wall... You can be killed for that, as uh, as a, an American student was, in fact, killed for that. But this this is a, an it gets worse every year with this Columbus Day thing. 
It's worse every year. And this year, Los Angeles just flat out changed the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. And which indigenous peoples are we talking? Are we talking about the, the cannibals who killed and uh, ate their victims? Popped the eyeballs out of their victims and ate them? Are those the indigenous people you're, you're naming the day after? <laughs> it's like... It's like the people who were here were all angelic. <laughs> and they were all just playing harps when Columbus arrived. And then, uh, you know, Columbus brought the, uh, the smallpox blankets and just brutally killed, raped, and slaughtered them all. At least President Trump proclaimed uh, today as Columbus Day without any other qualms that Barack Obama had. His proclamation on Friday directed the U.S. to celebrate his discovery of the Americas, noting the permanent arrival of Europeans was a transformative event that undeniably and fundamentally changed the course of human history, set the stage for the development of our great nation. That's true. Even though it is also true, Columbus never set foot on the mainland of the United States. He did. He was the precursor to the permanent arrival of Europeans and transforming this, this hemisphere. His uh, proclamation only had praise for Columbus, which is interesting because Obama had a document about a year ago and uh, his proclamation acknowledged Columbus's spirit of exploration, but he said the nation should also acknowledge the pain and suffering reflected in the stories of Native Americans who had long resided on this land prior to the arrival of European newcomers. And like you said, they were just here hanging out peacefully. Just hanging out no, peacefully. No, I love, I love how Dinesh D'Souza points out that those were tribes fighting tribes, taking over each other's territory. I mean, it's not like they just all, poof, dropped in from heaven like uh, the North Korean uh, regime and just were living peacefully. Yeah. They were fighting and killing each other long oh. before Christopher Columbus was introduced over here. No question about it. <laughs> just, uh, and yet, again, this word association thing, uh, if I could remind you of the word association by the Native Americans that they talked to about Christopher Columbus, here's what some of them came up with. Christopher Columbus. Oh. 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 Evil. Evil. Wow. Pure evil. Pure Invader. Evil. Invader. He got lost coming here, mm -hmm. and he's the one that named us Indians because he thought he was in India. Yeah, he didn't actually get lost. Um, he just thought he'd wound up in a place that was a little bit further away. <laughs> there was a miscalculation, but he wasn't exactly lost. So he and it's not like you could stop at a Sinclair station and ask for directions at the time, mm -hmm. you know? So it was kind of a difficult mission. He's not a good figure to the native community. Uh huh. Confused. <laughs> Confused. Mm. I don't think we should have a holiday for it. <laughs> Pain, claiming North America is as like land that could be claimed and could be taken. And that's an that's an interesting that's an interesting theory too. He claimed North America as if it was a land that could be claimed. What, the, what apparently the Native Americans believed was that nobody owned this land. Well, then how could it be stolen if no one owned it? Uh, oh, <laughs> there's math involved. Nice. If, if nobody owns the land, <laughs> how did it ever get stolen? Answer me that. It's the start of a lot of pain. Christopher Columbus. Mm. 
Uh, I guess ignorance. On your part, yes. Oh my God. Murder, no rapist, genocide. Murder, rapist, genocide. The atrocities committed atrocities. just grotesque. Grotesque. He's the first terrorist in America, that's for sure. It's according the to first the terrorist. US government law, it says if you partake in oh. somebody that's stealing, then you're just as guilty. Everybody knows the United States was stolen. No, not everybody. Everybody knows. Everybody. Oh, I hate that. That's an Obama trick. Sure is. Terrible. Sure is. They use that trick on our founding fathers, too, so they can disparage everybody that we've ever, ever held up as somebody good and decent and somebody to look up to. So a statue located in downtown Los Angeles uh, in the Grand Park in front of an entrance to the Stanley Moss Courthouse uh, has been covered up because it was a sculpture of Christopher Columbus. Um, And the block that it stands on is now surrounded by a chain link fence. So I guess they're trying to, they said they were going to cover up the statue, but monuments in other cities have been defaced. And so I think this is kind of a preemptive strike for them so that this won't get defaced as well. Los Angeles City Council, though, voted in August to rename Columbus Day, a federal holiday for more than 80 years, to Indigenous Peoples Day. Aww. Isn't that beautiful? But it has until 2019 to officially create the new holiday while it drafts and creates a new ordinance. Hmm. The L.A. County Board of Supervisors voted this week to eliminate all references to Christopher Columbus. As a county holiday, designating it October 12th as Italian American Heritage Day and creating a new Indigenous Peoples Day. So that'll fall on the second Monday of October in L.A., uh, beginning in 2019 or sooner. Hmm. L.A. City Council person uh, Mitch Farrell will celebrate the new holiday with students at the Los Feliz Charter School for the Arts and at an event at USC's Fowler Museum. You know that's going to be fun. And I'll bet only the truth will be proclaimed at these events. <laughs> now, you know, they're not they're not alone. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, that's a place you wouldn't expect. Right back in 2015, uh, city council voted and got tied 4-4, four to four, but they voted just uh, back in September, and it was unanimous. To change it? To change it to Native American Day. Slash Indigenous Peoples Day. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yay. So if you want to arm your kids with information, uh, go to wall, wall Builders and find Heroes of History. Christopher Columbus, Across the Ocean Sea. That's by Janet and Jeff Benj. There's that. And then there's another one that's great for uh, your kids getting ready to go to college. And that's called Columbus and Cortez uh, Conquerors for Christ. I think is the name of that. Yeah, let's see here. Um, yep. and, and that one that one talks about all of the arguments of the left and then tells you what the actual actual history is. So that'd be a great one yeah. to and, and arm the your author, kids with. The author of that one that he was saying, get this for your kids before they go to college, the author's last name is Eidsmo, E-I-D-S-M-O-E. Great. All right, so pick those up. If you want to arm yourself... You know, with some uh, great information that you can share with your kids. 888 It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. It's great to have you with me. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Kind of enough. N- another tough weekend for the NFL. Um, Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, went to a football game, and as soon as some of the players took a knee, he left. And so that's like created this firestorm that's out of control now. Uh, heaven forbid that he leave uh, a game because people disrespected the flag and the United States. And, and make no mistake, that's where this whole thing began with Colin Kaepernick. He said it was about the flag and, and the country. He said it was from Colin Kaepernick himself. And by the way, some, some reporter said that he had agreed that if he were hired again uh, by an NFL team, that he would stand for the national anthem. And he quickly debunked that. He quickly said, that's, oh, no, no, that's not true. It should be true. <laughs> if you want to work again, why not just take that off the table so that the teams know that they're not going to have this to deal with? That you're just going to play football for them. How would that be? It should be true, but obviously it, it Pat, isn't. Pat, do you think that maybe this would go away if the Trump administration yeah, I think would stop it might. Yeah, it might. doing this? And then Trump says, yeah, I told him to leave if someone kneeled. And so, of course, he does. And Yeah, so he takes any credit from Pence, who may have had credit coming, you know, for, for having the giblets right. to get up and leave. That's his idea now. But I sit there and I watch the NFL Red Zone channel every Sunday. I watch the Falcons games. Nobody would have known that there were people kneeling on the sidelines of the 49ers Colts game at the vice president of the United States and go out of his way to tweet about it. Uh, that's true. They just, every time it, it's dying kind of a natural death, yeah. that's like, nope, then nope. Then fired up. Because, what, is, is Trump got nothing, nothing going for him but the sentiment behind the, the NFL protest? Because that's what it feels like right now. Yeah, it does. Uh, the NFL popularity supposedly plummeting. Um, according to this article, a lot of people are celebrating that, mostly Trump supporters. <laughs> I like the spin on that. Uh, they're celebrating at Fox and Friends, according to this. The poll was from uh, the Winston Poll Company. The, it found that the attitude of fans went from an August rating of 73% favorable and 19% unfavorable toward the NFL to 42% favorable and 47% unfavorable. That's a 30 point swing in a little over a month, maybe a month and a half. I, I, I mean, I think there's some people that are angry, but I can't believe it's that it's that big a drop. According to the poll, uh, more critically for the NFL, the fall-off fall in favorables occurred among important audiences. Among males, NFL favorable fell 23%, going from 68 to 45. In looking at more specific audiences, 34 to 54-year-old males, it fell from uh, it fell 31% from 73 to 42. That I I don't know. Supposedly, the NFL was on a par with Major League Baseball as the most popular sport and now it is the third most popular after baseball the nba and the nba i just there's no way i don't believe that 
Do you hmm. believe that the NFL is less popu- popular than the NBA? Uh, uh, once the NBA season begins, a uh, hell no. Once they actually see the games, I don't. Ugh. I don't think even uh, a sport is usually at its zenith when you're in season, and that's why baseball seems to be on par with NFL football uh, right now because it's in season and they're in the, they're in the playoffs and everybody's kind of interested right now, but. I, I, I mean, there's no question the NFL is the most popular sport in this country. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now, has it dropped a little bit because of this scandal? Yeah, probably. But I don't know that it's dropped that drastically. Uh, also, not in my house. This is an interesting, this is an interesting uh, story about Dove soap. And I... There's very few times when I really agree that something has been racist that is perceived to be racist. This is one of those cases. Dove has apologized and pulled down an online soap ad in which it's hard to imagine what they were thinking here. A black woman pulled up her shirt and after she used Dove soap, it turned out to be a white redheaded woman underneath. (laughs) <laughs> i don't even it's like, understand it's like she used the soap uh-huh and scrubbed away her blackness she washed the black off apparently as, as <laughs> if, i did not understand this at as all. as if black skin is akin to dirt that was mind-blowingly ridiculous i don't even know how else you would look at that <laughs> I know. Uh, seriously because what does soap do it, it washes, it washes away, away dirt, dirt. So you're associating black skin with dirt. Who approved that ad? And I've often imagined whenever these, you know, offensive ads or something like that are thought up, I just try to imagine the setting. Surely it's not just one rogue employee. Because there was a corporate setting, right? Where they, they came to him and said, here's our online campaign. What do you think? Oh, you! Oh, yeah! Dove soap cleans them so much they become white. That's great. Print it, <laughs> but publish it. Think about this. It's Who's an, doing that? It's an idea. It's a script that has to be written. Yes. It's it's technical people that There's have to be involved. There's graphics that have to be graphics. Camera women operators. have to be shot. Like the black woman has to be photographed. The white woman has to be photographed. You show her becoming white. Does somebody <laughs> at some point say, Whoa, How does it happen? I, I don't a, know. Got a question here. Um, might this be know, perceived man. in a negative way? I mean, what do you mean? No, don't you get it? It's dirt and then they're clean. It's black person, white person. <laughs> at what point is this a good idea? Good they also God. have another one that's equally offensive. There's three women in towels and... Above it, it says before and after. And there's three women. Yes. One's, one's in front of the before uh, photo, and she's black. Then there's a, a lighter-skinned woman in the middle, and then the after picture is a blonde female. I, I, a, yeah. a white blonde female. <laughs> it's just... And then the little samples are like, you know, as they move from left to right, right? It's like the skin is all like scratchy or something on the left. Uh, and then as it gets to the lighter skin, it's the less um, damaged skin, something like that. I, I remember like the squares above them. Uh, it just, it, it, uh, how does this society exist? I mean, we, I don't know. Uh, I, usually it's, you know, you're talking about things that were perceived as racist that are so stupid and you really have to kind of stretch bad. to make it into something racist. 
This is just so flat out racist. You can't think of anything else it might even possibly mean. I mean, it's just, how do you have? How does anybody a dove in their marketing in their marketing uh, department? How does anybody have a job still today? Uh, anybody who was responsible for this can't be employed by Dove anymore, right? <laughs> Uh, that's crazy. Now, now, wait a minute. Is there going to be crazy. protests to get Walmart and other stores to get Dove soap off the shelves now? And we'll probably get that cra- carried away. But, <laughs> I mean, pull the ad, apologize right. for it, fire somebody, and then let's move on. Thank you. Wow. That's crazy. 888 Hey, later in the day, we've got uh, uh, Burgess Owens, NFL great uh, Burgess Owens, uh, to talk to about this kneeling situation and lots more. Coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray. You can tweet me at Pat Unleashed as Zippy the Wonder Monkey did. <laughs> uh, just by the annoying music alone, I want to smash those Antifa idiots. <laughs> uh, also, uh, we we love David Barton. Thank you so much for having him on. It's like a human truth dispenser. It's for sure. He's, he's great. Uh, on Columbus Day or Founding Fathers, just about anybody who, you know, you want to you wanna return to the original sources and uh, the way that these people really operated and who they really were, you, you turn to David Barton for that. Also, Carly writes, uh, if it was stolen, then why do they still live here? Aren't they participating <laughs> in stealing by living here? I love it. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, um, we've been talking about that, the Columbus Day situation. Also, this unbelievable Dove ad, we we talked about it a little bit right before the uh, top of the hour, the news update. This is one of the more incredible advertisements I've ever seen done by a major corporation, a major advertiser, running an ad about Dove soap where a black woman turns white after using it. As if she's black because of dirt. It, it's kind of reminiscent of what uh, Joe Biden said about Barack Obama. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African American uh-huh. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean. Clean. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, right? And by the way, that was so racist. Mm-hmm. That he was made vice president oh. of the United States. I think I think that clip cuts off. I think he actually says, looks like uh, he's been using Dove soap, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's how bad these ads are, man. So bad. Uh, and they've got a series of them. Uh, you just wonder, how did that develop? In what meeting did somebody not say, hey, uh, that could be perceived kind of racist? 
No one said that? Did these air on no one? television? No, they're on Facebook. Just on Facebook. They're online. So I'm surprised Facebook didn't say something like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, I, I don't know if Facebook can police their site that much. Not with two billion people on it. Uh-huh. I, that's a big job. It's a big job. Uh, 888-933-93. Let's go to Mark in New Mexico. Hey, Mark, you're on the blaze. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Um, just want to say... Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of you guys in Glenn. Um, when I tell you my background, you'll probably not believe it. Okay. Um, I'm an African-American male from New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend is transgender. Is transgender? Yes, she is. Okay. And uh, Navajo. So, oh, wow. So, uh, so your girlfriend was a man at one point and is now a woman? Has she made the transition? Uh, she's pre-op. Uh, okay. I'm one of those guys. I just want to live my life and just be left alone and, you yeah. know, uh-huh. love who I love. Okay. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more of a libertarian in my thinking, mm-hmm. so I'm not like totally left-leaning, but, uh, the reason why I'm calling is just to clarify things, some, a little bit of things. With, okay. Uh, like, I'm not speaking for all Native Americans, obviously, because, you know, I'm totally not a Native American. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but at least for my girlfriend and her family, they don't perceive Columbus as just pure evil. They look at him as the catalyst for, like, the Andrew Jacksons and the Woodrow Wilsons and all of those who came in and who really did them wrong. Okay. And, yes, so, th- those guys actually did do them wrong. Uh, yeah. Andrew Jackson lied to them repeatedly, broke treaties yes. repeatedly, and was yes. despicable with the Native Americans. Yes. Despicable. Exactly. So exactly. so they look at him as as like, well, had he not come, these other guys wouldn't have ever been here. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty uh, much. Because, are are they you know, sorry then they that the United always... are they sorry then that the United States was was founded? Uh no, because tell you the truth uh her brother is in the army yeah uh i was in the marine corps so you know they're patriots i mean as as you know you know the navajo were instrumental in uh cracking the code pacific theater yeah yeah in the pacific theater right so they're patriotic there's no doubt about it yeah that's great you know there's just like you know with african americans there's a lot of scars Oh yeah, I know, and and rightly mostly so, Democrats. Yes, and right, rightly so, because you're right, they, and it was Democrats who perpetrated the crimes on Native Americans. It, it absolutely was. Uh, it was progressives. It was uh, Democrats, um, and and I I really wish it would have been handled much much better and much differently. Um, yeah, I mean, but you can't. Do, but, but you can't blame you that can't on on that. Christopher Columbus, right? You can't pin no, all that can't. because the, the you can't pin it all on them. If you believe as I do, the, not... if you believe as I do, the country needed to be founded. It, it brought freedom to the world, and uh, hopefully, you know, the the good outweighs the bad. But that's not the way your family feels, or your your girlfriend's family feels is not the way all, I mean, as you heard, if you were listening earlier, Oh yeah, for sure. I know yeah, there's a the, lot of bitterness, especially a lot with, of bitterness. Yeah. With the older native Americans, mm-hmm. I, uh, 
I always say like older Native Americans are just like older black people. <laughs> the way they, they feel about the white man. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and sometimes it trickles down to the younger generations, depending on, you know, their upbringing and whatnot. But, yeah. you know, I'm fortunate that, you know, my parents, they raised me to have an open mind about things and you know, Obviously. pretty much come up to my own conclusions about things. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Mark. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Joe in Ohio. Hey, Joe, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Great hey. to talk to you. You too. Hey, uh, about that uh, dub ad. Yeah. Now, I was told that there is a um, African, I don't know, folklore story that um, when time began, everybody was black. They were all dirty. And there was this special <laughs> pool of water that you went through and you washed off the dirt. And that's how we got white people. Now, as wow. time went on, this is from, this is what I was told from African folklore. I don't want angry people being oh, like, right. Oh, right. they're not all black or white on the inside. But anyway, <laughs> um, as time went on, the pool got less and less. So the only thing people could wash off were the bottom of their feet, feet, their hands, and then take some into their mouth and rinse out their mouth. And that's why black people have light skin on their palms and feet and in their mouth. <laughs> what in the world? That's wow, is that weird? That's a long told. way to the well for a commercial yeah, on Facebook, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Dove ad wasn't based in that folklore. Uh, but I, I bet they... I'm not saying it was. Yeah. I'm not saying it was, but I'm just saying <laughs> that it's quite a stretch. But yeah, that's, that's also, a stretch. Yeah. Also, um... Real quick on the uh, Vice President Pence yes. thing. Yeah. He had to get out of there real quick because he was running late getting his pit bull to a dog fight. On the way down, he knocked out his girlfriend in the elevator, did some coke on the way over. <laughs> and then, I mean, that's why he had to get out of there so early. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Everybody Joe. hating on the man. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> It's crazy. That's good stuff right there. And, you know, all of those things are things that NFL players have done. And uh, I like that. That was a uh, like Obama. Nice. That's like a, combo- a composite player. Yes, <laughs> that our caller did there. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, and it's true. I mean, you look at the NFL, and there's there's a lot of guys who've gotten away with a lot of stuff. Mm. There's still some guys who are playing who uh, have been accused, and in some cases found guilty of beating the crap out of their mm-hmm. spouse or girlfriend or whatever. And they continue to play in the NFL. I mean, that's... And uh, one might say, they might say, you can get away with murdering people, but not murdering dogs. Yeah. In the NFL. Yes. If you, you might say. If you remember the Ray Lewis thing, where Whoa, a lot of that? suspicion was cast on him. What? Uh, but he seems to have come out of that pretty well. Oh. Um, huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was... He was found not to actually have stabbed anyone, but he was certainly there. <laughs> listen, listen, I was, I was in Atlanta at the time, and when that went down, um, because you know he was in close proximity to two individuals who were murdered, um, uh, the DA at the time made a deal and said, all right, all right, all right, listen, Ray, Mr. Lewis, tell us everything you know, and we'll let you walk. Sounds good. All right. I, I know nothing. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your help, sir. I mean, that's literally how it went down in a nutshell.
Mm-hmm. So uh, he gave them no information. No information that helped whatsoever. But uh, anyway, and now I mean he's he's a hero. He's a hero. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's just no mm-hmm. question he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, speaking of things that just don't add up much, uh, this Harvey Weinstein situation. Mm. Hollywood mogul. He's a huge producer. He's the CEO of the Weinstein Company. He was fired, effective immediately from his own com- uh, company, because of his sexual harassment of actresses and women in general. Apparently, there's something like eight settlements that they've reached with women who he has uh, harassed and essentially attacked. I was watching an interview today with um, a an actress named Lauren Sivak, who I've I've never heard of or seen her before, I don't think. But she said she was in his office. And they were having a great com- conversation. Just uh, having a really good discussion until he exposed himself. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> so you're discussing geopolitical movements in the world, and then all of a sudden he drops his pants. What do you think of that? Uh, it's not exactly the geopolitics I was talking about. But uh, apparently he often asked for... Um, massages and asked the women to come watch him while he took a shower and this has been a well-known secret in hollywood for decades they do nothing about it they don't say anything about it even now one of their own they're saying almost nothing about it but when the stuff came out about trump and what he said in that access hollywood thing in 2005 oh it was uh, the hollywood tweeting uh, almost blew up the the Twitterverse. That's right. Yeah, and he was those, the worst person alive. Those weren't even accusers. You know what I'm saying? Like right. That, it wasn't like, oh yeah, uh, Trump assaulted me. That, that wasn't like that. It was, uh, right. Oh. It, it was just a conversation he conversation. had with Billy Bush. This is a guy actually doing things and harassing women. And they don't care. They, they they just ignore it. Harassing potted plants too. Don't forget. Yeah, I I mean it's it's creepy and it's weird and it's it's more aggravation. One from of their Hollywood. own, man. One of their own. They'll protect him. Circle the wagons. Uh, what hypocrites! Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray unleashed coming up in a second. Got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. Uh, we all know big government is at the core of a lot of our issues. But Big Mobile, as in your cell phone, is contributing to those because they take a portion of your bill and they put it right in the pockets of organizations like Planned Parenthood. They advocate for issues like sanctuary cities and gun control. So a lot of people are benefiting right now. But there is something you could do about that. And that's switch to Patriot Mobile. Now, a lot of times that would come with you know, some some kind of loss in quality. That's not the case with Patriot Mobile. You get the same great service, the same nationwide coverage, and right now, unlimited talk and text for a better price. Unlimited talk and text start at 20 bucks a month from Patriot Mobile. 20 bucks a month. That's It's just unheard of. So give them a call today and talk to them about it. Get this checked off your list. 1-800-APATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT, or you can visit their website at patriotmobile.com slash pat. That's patriotmobile.com slash pat. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.
Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-933-93. It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Really weird thing going on in Israel right now. Uh, they've got a scary clown craze happening. <laughs> I guess this is inspired by Stephen King's It movie. Which, did that do well? I, oh, I, yeah. Did it? Back-to-back weeks, three weeks. I mean, it's been ah. going strong, real strong. Have you seen it? No. no I'm, I'm not going to watch that. No. I did watch the original back when I was an impressionable youth, but now that I'm an impressionable adult, I'm not going to be watching anything that features a spider within a mile of the movie. Well, the the original was on TV, I think, wasn't it? Yes. It wasn't a... Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was stupid because you get this clown the whole movie, and then it turns out the clown's a spider. Mm. It didn't make any sense to me. The, the clown was much scarier than the big spider was. Mm-hmm. So why didn't you stick with the clown? Mm. So anyway, because of the, I'm sure, popularity of the movie, uh, these kids in Jerusalem are, are out uh, in clown masks and try to scare people. But, because, you know, the Israeli police are, are kind of afraid they're going to cause some violent reactions from those who are being scared. Uh, police operations are continuing in different areas to protect public places and prevent further incidents. He said that about 12 youngsters, including two 14-year-olds, were arrested over the past few days. Mm. Israel's probably not the place I want to be screwing around with the cops. I know. That's why I'm kind of surprised <laughs> they're doing this. If you've ever been to Israel, they walk around with machine guns there. Uh, it's not a good idea to be messing around like that. Dozens of youngsters from all parts of the country were detained for questioning after putting masks on their faces in order to sow fear and panic among the public. There haven't been any attacks. It's just been people dressed up and walking around with fake axes, fake knives, and so forth. Again, Israel, not the country not the kind where of place I'm going to screw around with the cops. Nope. Police have, however, warned that such pranks could go horribly wrong in a country where people are constantly on edge for fear (laughs) of militant attacks. Yes! There is concern that such pranks will be interpreted as a real threat and will cause harm to the youngsters. It's absolutely forbidden for people to take the law into their own hands and harm wearers of masks, (laughs) even if you're scared by them. Local media said that a victim of an incident in the southern city of Beersheba last week stabbed his tormentor, causing some moderate injuries. Mm. Media have suggested that there's a link between this and, uh, of course, it from Stephen King. Stephen King tweeted out a while ago, Hey, let's calm down. Clowns are mostly really nice people uh, that just kids enjoy. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's not how you portrayed them, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And not since John Wayne Gacy has that been an accurate yeah, phrase. Right. That's right. Mm. Uh, of course, we've had the same scary clown breakout here. Sightings in South Carolina of people dressed as clowns trying to lure children into the woods. I, where do people get free time to do this kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. I really don't know. And it's such a stupid thing because... Uh, in Israel, you've got police armed with visible machine guns. Here, you've got people potentially armed with concealed weapons that they have a permit for, and they could shoot you if they get, you know, if they feel like their life is in danger. You never know. You never know. This is just really stupid. Triple eight nine hundred.
3393. Uh, also, uh, this Harvey Weinstein situation that we were talking about a few minutes ago uh, has caused all kinds of shock and, and disgust and shame across the country f- on behalf of Hollywood, but they don't seem to be shocked, disgusted, or shamed in any way. I think they they just want to continue to do whatever it is they do and uh, uh, tell Americans that they're stupid for the way they vote and continue to make their $20 million a movie. Um, TV reporter Lauren Sivak discussed the details of her incident with Megyn Kelly today. She opened the show by saying he's out as pictures of Weinstein rolled on the talk show's set. Uh, Sivek has joined a growing list of accusers who have come forward since last week when the New York, New York Times published an extensive report de- detailing decades of alleg- allegations against this guy that he sexually harassed women, actresses, secretaries, script readers, pretty much anybody who's female, Harvey Weinstein harassed them. Good night, man. Lock this guy up. Yeah, he's he's a menace, and he was fired. And and the thing is, they all knew it. They've known it the whole time. This right. is not new to them. This has been going on literally for decades. And people like Ashley Judd, who is supposed to be such a feminist and and fights for women so hard, she was one of them who was keeping it secret. Why didn't you come out a long time ago when this happened to you? 20 years ago it happened to her. So did, 20 years ago. And I am not trying to pin anything on a victim here, but it did I guess did everybody put their career ahead of doing the right thing to stop the train of people that are going to be affected after them? It seems like it. Or they just or they just protect one of their own. I guess. Oh. And then cast dispersions at others, you know, like Donald Trump, who <clears throat> did say stupid things, bad things disgusting things to another man in a in a bus in 2005 but he wasn't actually apparently exposing himself to women at least not that i know of so Sivak said weinstein lured her into a restaurant kitchen and tried to kiss her when she rebuffed that advance he allegedly blocked her passage in a narrow corridor while he pleasured himself she said, I just stood there dumbfounded, could not believe what I was witnessing. She recalled thinking that he was disgusting and kind of pathetic. Yeah, you think? The lengthy apology that Weinstein issued in a statement after the Times report hit uh, was the last straw that made her come forward with her story because she felt he showed no remorse. Well, no. You know what he's blaming this on? The right-wing media. <sighs> the right-wing conspiracy. Just like Hillary Clinton. It's a right-wing conspiracy because he's a huge supporter of all Democrats and Democrat causes. Hillary Clinton in particular. And he has funneled millions upon millions of dollars to her. They've thrown parties for presidential candidates, for senators, for congresspeople. Uh, He's raised a lot of money for for these politicians. And uh, the last thing they want is to lose a donor like this. And so he's just blaming the right right wing Mm -hmm. for exposing this. Well, I'm sorry. You were exposing yourself, quite obviously. (laughs) Nicely done. Yes. 
Did you just walk into that? Or just walked right into wow. it. Wow. Yeah, that just is walked a right into it. Professional move right there, sir. Well, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Clearly. Keith. Uh, she says the most demeaning part of it all was that 20 minutes earlier, we were having this great conversation. I felt so great and flattered by it. And then to be told to stand there and be quiet <laughs> negated any of the warm feelings I had had towards him. You think? Huh. Cyvex said she was shocked by the casualness of his actions. That's a guy, clearly, who has done it a million times, uh-huh. never had any consequences from it, believes he's above any recrimination. Amid her dismay, she wondered if she'd managed to send him the wrong signal of her interest in him. There's that feeling of shame. Perhaps I did something to give him the wrong impression. Oh, stop. Cyvex said... She decided not to go public with the story because she was in a long-term relationship with her boyfriend and wanted to disrupt her life. Isn't that the first person you tell, though? You would think so. Uh, The day after the incident, Cyvex said Weinstein called her at her news studio and asked if he could see her again. (laughs) I mean, wait a minute. Yo, I enjoyed the first meeting so much. Why wouldn't we get together again? So I could watch you do that a second time. I mean... What would I rather do than that? There are no words, man. Really aren't. I mean, this is really a creepy scandal. Just gross. 888-933-93. Oh, speaking of gross. Who's coming up next? Oh, that's right. Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Next. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. Time for chewing the fat with Jeffy. Happy Columbus Day! Happy Columbus Day! Man, right I back am so you. celebrating so much. Yeah, I got the it's Columbus Day tree day. up. It's, uh, it's great. We've put the ornament up. Have you post like splattered the blood all over the place mm. in commemoration of his genocide? <laughs> yes. <laughs> good. Okay. Yes. Good. good I want to say. I do. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to take words away from the people in the tremendous Columbus Day video that was aired on this show earlier today. Talking Good about heavens. Uh, Isn't that the, something. Uh, it is amazing it, that a those people are walking on this planet. B. Yeah. Well, <laughs> f they, Columbus. Okay, that's what I say. And that's right? what that's what they said. F Columbus. And, and they, they're right. Uh, they're they're not. Um, <laughs> And fortunately, David Barton pointed that out pretty eloquently. And it's, you know, it, it just shows the level of the indoctrination of our kids and, it sure does. and society in general, because it didn't, it wasn't this way when I grew up. And by the way, uh, just as a side note, yeah, uh, for the people in that video, for those who were able to watch it on Blaze Television and weren't just listening on Blaze Radio, uh, one or more. Uh, had a nose ring 
And uh, that does not make you look smarter at all. Uh, it doesn't make you look smarter. It doesn't make you look good. It only makes people yeah. look at you. They're not hearing what you're saying. They're looking at you going, I just want to pull that thing out of his nose right now. Mm-hmm. That's all that happens. Mm-hmm. So stop with the nose rings, please. That would be nice. Stop. I don't think it's going to stop. Stop it, with the nose. But that would be nice. It's going to get worse. All right. Big weekend. Did you see Blade Runner? No, I did not. Oh, I did. I wanted to go see it so bad. And then it was supposed to uh, break off to, they were predicting after Thursday that it was going to be like 45, 50 million. And it yeah. only hit the 31.5. I seriously wanted to see that. Really? Yeah, yeah. 31.5. It slowed down on, Three on the weekend. Three hours long. Two and a half. Movie. Oh, okay. Well, wow. 220, something like that. I wanted again, to see it. Why is that a problem? If the movie is good, I know. that's not a problem. No, it is not a problem. And it, it's already, it hasn't opened uh completely around the world but what has opened worldwide they've already made 80 million uh so you know 30 million here in the states and they've got good another reviews. 50 or 60 elsewhere right oh 80 million 80, so another 80 50 around something. the globe yeah plus the 30 plus so it cost 30 150 here. million to make so and it's I mean, made 32.7 here I mean, and I say already They'll because probably be fine. Although that's way under what they thought. But I think, I think, I think what happened is that people will. I think it'll grow a little bit more. They're predicting that maybe people were were like Keith saying, "Oh, it's over two hours long. It's yeah. going to be a long movie." We talked about it earlier. How long it was that? But all the reviews have been great, and everybody coming out of the movie said they have loved it. So you know, I don't think they're. You know, I think there's just going to be a steady flow for it. The number two movie of the weekend was something called. The Mountain Between Us? Yeah. You even heard of that? Oh. That's one, I've was, never heard of it. I read the book three times. Did you? And, How was uh, it? It was great. Was yeah, it? no, it was great. Like, I, what, what do you like the, the most about it? Uh, the ending. Tell the me ending. about it. I love the Don't ending. Don't ruin it for us, but tell us a little bit about it. Well, they cut down the mountain. I mean, right? there's no more mountain between them. Oh, wow. That's I mean, great. I don't want to spoil I mean, I, oh, Did I just spoil kinda, it? Kind of did. did. Oh, yeah. no. I think you did. Sorry. Ooh. Number three was It, which has made... You're right, Keith. Three hundred and five million. Yeah, wow. pretty good on a thirty-five million dollar budget. Whoa! Oh, wow! I know. I know that's tremendous. Wow! And then My Little Pony. Think about it. My Little Pony. The movie. Twelve million. <laughs> wait, wait. What exactly were we thinking about with that? My Little Pony. I love My Little. The Pony. The clamoring for that movie has been deafening. <laughs> oh, when man. will there be a right. My Little Pony the movie? Well, and finally, I love it. This weekend. That's when it will be. Uh, that'll that. That has grossed eight point eight million so far. Yeah, Twelve wow. million worldwide, almost but, thirteen but, worldwide. But gentlemen, That's good stuff. gentlemen, have you seen as I have the My Little Pony stage show? I have not. Uh, yes, didn't know oh, there yes. was. One. Well? Don't talk down right. to me with the so, My Little Ponies. Okay, <laughs> have you spent a million dollars on My Little Pony stuffed animals from around the globe and collectors wow. editions? No, he's, I he's have not, not bitter. He's I just have. saying. Okay, but isn't there something called bronies, like yes. guys who yeah, love guys who My like Little, my little, little Pony, pony yeah. and <laughs> supposedly they're not gay? Uh-huh. No, they just like My Little Pony. They just like My Little Pony. And I, I'm, I, you know, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I mean, I would have What's to say problem? that I'm a brony. No, a, wait, what? You're no, a brony. I would have to say that I'm a brony. <laughs> Can we? I'm forced into it. Uh, I'm forced into being gosh. a brony because my daughter is, you know, my uh, little pony. Lover. Yeah, but these are people who don't have daughters who apparently like it yeah, on its own merit. Yeah, I know. That's embarrassing. Yeah. So then I'm not a brony. No, no you're not a brony. No, I was. <laughs> if you were a brony, no, they, you would not be sitting here. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> no, there would be a mountain between us. <laughs> you're absolutely correct on the on the bronies, though. They are the ones who are the boys that are, don't have daughters. Yeah. They, Although now that I think of that, so. I think we talked to a 12 year old who was being made fun of in school. Do you remember yeah, we this, did. Keith? I think For you being arranged a brony. you arranged yeah. the interview because he had the lunchbox. And we or whatever, all told right? him that's fine. Hey, don't you worry right. about he my had little the lunchbox. Pony. That's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of. And now I'm telling him to be ashamed be of it. Ashamed. Yes, you are. Be very, <laughs> very changing ashamed. your thought. <laughs> I mean, it's okay to have a My Little Pony lunchbox. When box. you're talking to the, to an actual kid who's been hassled. I know. You want to make him feel better. You want to make him feel better. But then when you think of the general phenomenon, in you're hindsight, like, no, I'm in sorry. In hindsight, you're, you're, <laughs> Pat no. Gray's right behind the guy making fun of him going, yeah. <laughs> <That's bad>. yeah. <laughs> what are you, you little creep? Nice lunchbox. <laughs> what do you got That's your just, sister's lunchbox? <laughs> it, it is unusual. Uh-huh. Let's just say mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. It's unusual. It's a good way to summarize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some... There's some uh, yeah, it's unusual. Yeah, it's unusual. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. Let's, we could leave it. At that. Mm-hmm. And the battle of the sexes. Whoa. You thought that was going to show up with the Billie Jean King. Only 2 oh, million. Oh, that's right. 2.4. That's wow. been a couple of weeks, and they've only made 7.6 million. I don't know how much it cost, wow. but I bet you it was more than 7.6 million. Yeah, it doesn't say how much it cost. Uh, so... So creepy clowns trump... Overplayed feminism. Definitely. Oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So, yeah, It is the only movie that's really exploded in the last several months. The, the only one. Blade Runner will catch up to that, though. What will be? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. At 32.7, that goes nowhere Worldwide? but down. Well, worldwide, it'll probably do worldwide, really well. Worldwide, yeah. You'll be, I mean, yeah. that's where. It, but its domestic take won't equal It. Uh, I'll bet. No, probably not. Probably it'd yeah. be lucky to hit 250, yeah. right? Domestically. Also, the other thing that I thought would do really well, uh, American Assassin. That's the uh, uh, Vince Flynn. Oh yeah, yeah. Movie hasn't done that well either. In oh, yeah. four weeks, it's only made 34 million, but it costs 33 to make, so it's made its money back. But you would think that would do a lot better. And look, and the Tom Cruise movie too that American made. Oof. Oh, what happened? Yeah, that's, a, that's not doing well. No, it's, well, it's not doing well. It's made. Just under a hundred million worldwide, but only thirty I mean, million, 30 in, the million in the U.S. Yeah, and it costs fifty to make. American made up, <laughs> huh? It's a movie, but Tom Cruise, Tom, I love you. It big used fan. to be he I'm used a to be fan. guaranteed to bring you a hundred million dollars. I know, but I'm a big fan. And I love you, but some of the choices that you're making now, not good. You have to start thinking that you're not the thirty-five year old. Uh, mm-hmm actor anymore mm. so. even though he still pretty much looks yeah, like it he looks good and everything but he yeah, still pe- he does you can't you can't it's not i mean look there's not a lot of us that look that good looks sure. good when sure. we get older but uh we get a little over you know a little older but uh uh-huh. you know sometimes you have to realize yeah you know, spoken like a man who knows yeah. i'm just saying tom you might want to mm. he should listen to yeah. you you really yeah. should yes thank you yeah thank you okay did you know that uh <clears throat> that uh Christianity is not the only way to get to heaven. You know that? No. Because the leader of the second largest congregation in the Presbyterian Church, uh, Reverend Shannon Johnson Kirshner, mm-hmm. has declared that uh, Christianity is not the only way to heaven. What else uh, can you do? I mean, look, she said on a on her little podcast, uh, look, God's not a Christian. I mean, we are. Uh, for me, the Christian tradition is the way to understand God and my relationship with the world and other humans and it's for the way for me to move into the relationship. But I'm not about to say what God can and cannot do in other ways. Well, you don't have to. Uh, he said it. And, uh, he, <clears throat> he said it. 
He said it. But I'm just so she doesn't have to say. But I'm just anything. saying what she says. You know. And what does she say? She's part of the 500. And she leads the over 5,000, almost 6,000 member Fourth Presbyterian Church in Chicago. <laughs> the Fourth Presbyterian wow. Church. Whoa. The first three uh-huh. all probably believe <laughs> that they, you have to be Christian. And they kicked her out. There's, yeah, they kicked her there's, out. There's some <laughs> issues there. Shannon, with the Shannon bye. <laughs> wow. Take care. Uh, there seems to be a little phrase uh, where he said, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So. But that's open to interpretation. Well, it's by him. You know, you got to come, come to the Father through him. So, but have you been to the fourth? The question is not whether or not this is a narrow-minded position, but whether or not the claims are true. Well, it's it's in the Bible. So, but again, rest my case. Fourth, fourth (laughs) Presbyterian, fourth Presbyterian Church. Who am I to argue? (laughs) Thank you. Who am I? Thank you. You're gonna back off with that. Who am I? I'm backing off. I'm backing off right now. He said it. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon didn't say it, but he He did. He did. So, so who is she? I mean, who you know, really? Yeah, I mean, right. Okay, so it might be a little bit early. Uh Oh, before I get to the story, Mm -hmm. we got to talk a little football. Okay, because it was uh, it was a crushing weekend. Oh, good gosh! Every weekend is a crushing crushing weekend. weekend. Every weekend, BYU goes down. Yeah. One and five, and they're headed to Mississippi State. Yeah, it's it's this ugly. weekend. They're one and five. Mississippi State is not gonna. No, Mississippi State's gonna crush. And they're not that good. Well, they beat. But LSU, I know, but badly, which I thought made them pretty good. I know, but, then but they got... BYU is so bad that they got crushed by a team that's not very good, who then turned around and got crushed by a team that's not very good. That's how bad they are. <laughs> that's how bad they are. They're bad to the, like the hundredth power. And then to top it off, you know, last I think week... there are high school teams that would beat them. <laughs> uh, it's possible. I mean, I, I Mizzou, hate to say that, but the University true. of Missouri is that way this year too. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan, but they lost again. To in to Kentucky, in Oof. Kentucky this weekend. Oh, ouch! Oof. And they're headed this weekend to Georgia. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I, the word crushing. Yeah, that's uh, comes to mind. I mm-hmm. contend Georgia's going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship. It's possible. Game. I mean, they and, and plus, you know, last week we talked about Mizzou being off and losing the wide receiver, but I was reading also where uh, now. Uh, BYU starting to fall. I mean, they're losing recruits, man. You coaches. They lost two to Utah just I mean, yeah. this weekend. I mean, the coaches. Sucks. And one was big lineman. I mean, big, yeah. heavy recruit lineman. Yeah. That, those schools, man, you know, you think your coaches, you give them a couple of years and you say, well, we got to give them time. We got to give them time. Yeah, you do. But when it starts hampering recruiting, you're done. That's, I mean, that's number one. Yep. Aside from winning football games on Saturdays, number one. Recruiting. Well, I'm giving it second thought if I'm seeing them at one and five. Absolutely. And no sign of turning and it around. No, and, and seeing no sign of fight on the field. None. Zero. I mean, at least I uh, will say Missouri looked like they had a little bit of fight this week, but still not not the weeks before. Well, BYU had a fight for about 10 minutes. I mean, they <laughs> they opened oh. the game pretty strong. <laughs> Wait a minute. Gave me a, just a modicum of hope. Really? Wait a minute. And then it was dashed quite Wait, quickly. were you watching the BYU game or the Nebraska game? Because it sounds eerily similar. Yeah. It's, I mean. About five minutes of hope. All, all right. three of our teams apparently suck. Oof, so bad. Horrible. And then uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to put the video up, but uh, oh, no. we saw th- this weekend we had the big video posted of the uh, Miami Dolphins 
offensive line coach. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was doing what, crack or something? what looked like cocaine. Cocaine. Appeared to be Pixie cocaine. Sticks. Pixie so sticks. So I didn't watch it. I, I didn't watch it yesterday when it first came out. Well, breaking news, less than an hour ago, he's resigned. Of course he did. Uh, he's resigned. And I watched the entire video. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, does, do people not know that things are going to get on the internet, the world wide web? I mean, he's snorting I gotta see this. what appears to be cocaine. Mm-hmm. It could be heroin. Eh, for all I know, it could be sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be a gold bond stick. foot powder. <laughs> gold bond foot powder. It could powder. be gold bond foot powder. Could it? However, mm-hmm. uh, no. no. It's not. It's okay. either cocaine or heroin. And he's talking to someone that's supposed to be his girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it could be his wife, but he says, I miss you. Talking to her via what? Skype or internet or recording a video to send to her. And he's saying, I miss you. I miss you. I want to see you. He's saying. He says. I, I yeah, I'm looking at it. It'll right be now. right. It's unbelievable. I'll be a while. Is he says on the video? It'll be a while before I get to do this again. And then he takes. He he snorts up a couple lines and then takes the last bump and then wipes his fingers off and licks his licks the rest on his mouth, which you do uh, when you do cocaine. I mean, that's okay. What people have told me. That- and uh, he says, "I wish I was. I wish I was." licking some particular body part of the female he's talking to. Oh. All right. Notice my computer's on mute right now, thankfully. <laughs> so, why where did he how did he I, send this to her? Did he via Skype? There's no, I have not seen a report on Yeah, I mean, how, did, not, it get how out? did it get out? I don't know. Unless someone happened to see him recording it. Wow. And look, I don't know. I have not seen the report on the that. The girlfriend must out. have posted it. I guess. Uh, or he sent it some, ugly. some way that, you know, is, do you think it's not? So he's done already. Doing, oh, yeah. yeah. Already gone. Have a nice day. <laughs> no, I mean, come on. And there's one thing to be able to say, uh, yeah, you know, I've had some problems with drugs and I'm getting help, but you're doing rails on screen. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Bragging about it? Yeah. To your come girlfriend? On, yeah. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. I wish I was licking this on you. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. No, yes. time's up. Yeah, <laughs> time's up. <laughs> That's a really weird story. It sure is. Really I, weird. I mean, I look. The guy's, you know, he says he won't be able to do it again for a while, and I don't know why. I don't know if he's out of money. I don't know if he's out of, uh, out of, you know, he's coaching in Miami, so his drug dealer isn't with him in Miami. Is is in mm-hmm. his hometown. I don't know if he's having to take a pee test in a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. why he can't do it in a while. You know what I mean? But he said, I'm going to finish this off and uh, before I go to this next meeting, and I just wanted to tell you I miss you and wish I was like this off. You. That's just really weird. That's just really very bizarre. And, so. and a professional yeah. offensive line coach. It's weird. Stupid. Yes. Tri- yeah, re- stu- that's yeah. perfect. It's stupid. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, coming up in a second. First, we got to tell Wait. you about uh, something that plagues Jeffy for certain. Uh, What's that? Wax buildup in your ears. Oh, man. It, it's surprising that a lot of times you can't hear people, and it's because of the buildup. Is it not? Well, I mean, I mean, if, it could be I'm that. It could be the fact that you. you're 344 years old. I don't know if it's that or it's the wax. I don't know. Something is happening there, though. You might want to check it out. And you definitely want to uh, get your ears cleaned out. You know, a lot of people use cotton swabs. That just jams it back deeper. What about if I put some, isn't there some sort of way I can build a fire next to yeah, my head? Yeah, you can build a fire next to your head. And kind of a campfire or a there. candle. Burn your face off. Right. Set your earlobes on fire. Make it's, it spread to your hair. It doesn't sound like it's a good idea. No, nah, it's really not. You could go to 
the Wax RX ear wash system, which is doctor developed. It's safe and it works. It's a method that uh, physicians trust the most, and it's just like the system they use. Comes with everything you need to safely clean out your ears and condition them so that they're soft, smooth, and supple. Oh man, do I love that! Yeah, you, you, no one doesn't want their ears. No one soft. Everyone wants supple their, and smooth. Yes, yes, everybody wants that. So go to usewaxrx.com. Usewaxrx.com to order your reusable ear wash system today. Use the offer code radio. And uh, the promo code radio gets you free standard shipping. Use waxrx.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888 It is Pat Gray Unleashed. So we still don't know the motive for this uh, uh, Vegas monster who shot and killed 58 people, wounded another 500 or so. The note found on his hotel room uh, desk was not, was not a suicide note. In an interview uh, that was on 60 Minutes, three police officers who stormed the hotel room they talked about some of the new details. The officers were the first to see his body and the arsenal uh, that he had with him. Uh, Officer David Newton from the Las Vegas Police Department's canine unit said he noticed the note on the shooter's nightstand once officers breached the room. He said the note was located near one of the windows that he'd smashed out with a hammer to fire on the crowd below. He said, I could see he had written on writ, written the distance, the elevation he was on, the drop of what his bullet was, was going to be for the crowd. So he had that written down and figured out so he'd know where to shoot to hit his targets, targets from there. Jeez. So it was not, it was just information he needed to kill more people. Good heavens. More than 20,000 people were there. The crowd was approximately 400 yards away. Newton told uh, the interviewer what it was like to enter the, enter the room. He said it was very eerie. The dust from the explosive breach. You have the flashing lights. Looked like something out of a movie. Uh, and then there's this prostitute who claims to have had some interaction with the killer, Stephen Paddock. Apparently he was, he talked about, uh, she talked about their violent sex sessions and how he bragged about having bad blood since birth he claimed to have been an evil person since the day he was born he just said he was born that way oh that's a helpful excuse yeah isn't it she spoke anonymously said she'd spend hours drinking and gambling with him in in sin city uh she described him as paranoid and obsessive if he hit a win streak He'd take her back to his room for really aggressive and violent things, including living out rape fantasies. Yeah, that's great. Um, she was hired by him apparently several times. She's 27 years old. Said he ranted about conspiracy theories, including 9-11 being an inside job. Wow. 
uh, police are questioning her and others as they try to figure out the motive here. And uh, the information that they got from this particular prostitute was that he just considered himself bad. He apparently had bad tendencies, and maybe he thought about doing this for a really long time, and he finally acted on it. Um, apparently, NBC News had reported a mysterious charger that didn't match any of his uh, cell phones, raising the possibility that another person had been with him beforehand. But later, police said they've now matched all the cell phones with the chargers and that they all belong to Paddock. Uh, so just there, there's really no new information other than what this prostitute is saying about him. And I don't know how helpful that is. Also, Diane Feinstein, senator from California, admitted no law would have stopped him from doing what he did. Thank you. Uh, could, could The host, John Dickerson, asked, could there have been any law passed that would have stopped him? Feinstein said, no. He passed background checks, registering for handguns and other weapons on multiple occasions. Well, okay then. Done. What are we even discussing the handgun laws for? Or the rifle laws? If there's no legislation that could have stopped this tragedy from happening, why do we continue to harp about it? And this is one of the most liberal senators in office. Dianne Feinstein. Ugh, it's frustrating. 888-933-93. We're going to talk to Burgess Owens, former NFL great, about liberalism and uh, the NFL and taking a knee as opposed to standing for the national anthem. Get to all of that. Coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. 888 Uh This is great because in light of everything that's going on with the NFL, uh, we thought we'd talk to uh, our friend Burgess Owens, uh, who has written great books, including uh, Liberalism or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. Uh, Burgess Owens, former NFL great and uh, Super Bowl champion. Welcome to, uh, to Pat Gray Unleashed. Thanks for coming on. Uh-huh. Pat, it's a pleasure talking with you and your audience. I look forward to this topic for sure. Thank you. Uh, what, tell me what you would, uh, what would you be saying to teammates right now who, who are taking a knee? Would you, I mean, would you have any advice for them? Yes, I, I would. Um, and there's a couple of things here. First of all, for, for my black teammates, uh, if I knew what I know now, I'd say, you know what, guys, it's now time for us to really uh, educate ourselves and let's make sure that we're doing this all season instead of just uh, – uh, going out and, and signing autographs and, and uh, doing football camps. Let's make sure this coming off season, we really get back and help these kids to to understand that they have a chance. We've done it. 
they can do it too. We have to, to make sure we're not discouraging the, the, the younger generation. Right. My wife, my white teammates, I would tell them, listen, guys, we don't need your pity. Uh, we don't deserve it. We don't want it. Uh, what we do need is for you to help get the, uh, the boot of the Marxist left off the neck of my race. If you really <laughs> do that and stop, stop hurting us, I think we can be on the same page and we, we can gather the team, beat these leftists and uh, those who put the misery into my, into my, into my race. I I mean, that would be awesome advice. I'm sure that scant few of them are hearing anything like that because the boot of oppression they don't perceive as coming from the left in this country. No, they don't because that's what they've been taught. Uh, you know, Karl Marx was spot on back in 1800. He says the first battleground is the rewriting of history. And, and, and Pat, I tell you, they have done a great job. They have a long game that's been very effective. Yeah. And all you have to do is look at what they've done to black race, and you see that's a prototype of our country. Uh, uh, so we have to, to understand, and I'm so thankful that we have this conversation. The president of the United States drew a red line and said, okay, enough of the disrespect for our country and our flag. We're not going to take it anymore. You're, we're no longer the Obama or the Clintons or the left. We are loving our country and standing for our country. And because of that, we can have the conversation you and I are having right now. This has been going on in the black community for decades. It's not new. So what we're seeing on the sideline has been what these kids have been taught for decades by disrespecting our flag. We finally have the chance to see how it looks. We need to fight up against it. They also claim that it has nothing to do with disrespect for the flag, that it has nothing to do with disrespect for the, the country. It, it has to do with social justice and racial equality and all of those things. How do you respond yeah. to that? Well, I would say it has to do with lack of common sense is what it is. Yeah, you know, we have a we have a country now where I can do anything I want to. I can become a billionaire, a black billionaire, which there are many in this country. I can uh, become multimillionaires as athletes. I can play any position I want to. We have a black president. Thank goodness. I mean, think about this guy, black president for eight years. And we're start, still talking about black oppression. Yeah. What it does. And, and this is what it, what it comes down to. My generation and, those, and the ones before us would have loved to be in the position our kids are today, where they're making income, they're getting education, they can do anything they want to, and they would not be sitting around and whining about those who don't like them or making uh, or allowing the, the, the socialist left to hide behind the black elitists, the, 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 the politicians. We were actually going out there in, in the free enterprise market and making a difference. So we have a chance now to really understand what we're up against, guys, and this is important. It's not black and white racist. It's not black. It's not white racist. It's black and white elitist. The, the Democratic Party, party of socialism, segregation, um, slavery, and and uh, and secession. That's what they've done forever, and they're still doing it today. With the perception, though, how do you how do you combat this? Because Colin Kaepernick <laughs> started this and actually said it it was about the flag. It was about the country. Uh, yeah. he, and he also claimed it was about, you know, racial issues as well, but with the misperception here about what, what police are doing and whether or not they're, you know, systemically targeting young black males and, and whether there is, uh, injustice against blacks on purpose, that's systemic. How do you, how do we deal with this? How do we cope with this? Well, how do we change the perception? We, we, we do a couple things. We need to get the truth into our communities. These kids actually believe that. Don't, everything that, that you just mentioned, nothing but lies. Hands up, don't shoot was a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what, the fact is we have thir- the black, black Americans represent 13% of our, of our population, and yet 40% of violent crime is done by black men against black people. So we have to understand that we have an enemy, and the enemy is a narcissistic Democratic Party who care less about 
the people they say they, they represent. So we have to call them out. And this yeah. is where black conservatives have to really step to the plate. Call them out for who they are. They're Marxists. They're narcissists. They hate our country, and they've been doing this for our kids for a long time. And the John Lewis's, the Elijah Cummings, all those, the Black Caucus, we need to disband those guys. We don't need a group of Marxists who, who, who have done such a terrible job of, of, of hurting our country, of, our, of our, this race. So if we call them out and start having the debate on that level, not the level they want us to have it on. We're not a racist country, and it's proven by our history. But what we've done uh, to overcome the, uh, the institutional racism but what we do have is a lack of education and a lack of the truth in the black community because they want to use that to keep their power. So if we call them out for what it is, have that conversation on that level, we win. And my personal thing was we need to disband the, the black caucus. They have done nothing but mm. uh, disgrade our country, uh, uh, and brought, brought division, and hurt the people they're supposed to. They've been traitors. They're absolutely traitors to the black community. And we need to call them out by name and start having a conversation on that level. And know that they're going to call us names, but that's okay. We need to let people know that these are truly anti-American Marxists that hurt out, out, out my, my community on purpose. You, you must be called awful names on a regular basis when people hear you uh, say these things because it's, they're, yeah. they're just not said by black men. But, you know, you know Pat, this is the key. I was, I was brought up with it, and I really do hope people will pick up the book. They need to understand the great mm-hmm. community I came out of, one that was kicking butt seriously. Leading our country so many, in so many areas. So I've seen the last 50 years what they've done to us. And it comes down to me, to this. If I love my country, I love my race, love my family, then all that other stuff doesn't matter. I could care less what people call me. They, when I was growing up, they had something that says, sticks and stones may break your bones, yeah. the words will never hurt you. And I, and I don't know if they still say that nowadays, but we have to get people that are going to man up on both sides, That's I mean, sure. on every side of the aisle. And, and speak the truth and, and, let, and let, let them know that we're not going to stand by quietly and be, and be intimidated anymore. They're bullies and cowards. We need to stand up for them. That's what we do against bullies and cowards. So nicely put. Uh, the, the NFL has some serious issues right now. Um, certainly not the least of it is th- this kneeling protest and the fan, it's pissing fans off. And I, I just, I, I'm kind of at a loss for why the owners are allowing the players to anger their fan base the way they are you would think i mean this is a business and when you run a business you certainly don't want your employees destroying it by you know flipping the finger to to the fan base why do you think it is that the the owners aren't taking control of this situation well it's uh and i'll say it even goes higher than the owners it's the the, the people who run the organizations the commissioner uh there's something called crony corporatism and it's basically we have people who've never understood what a free enterprise was, never been business owners. They come and make a lot of money, and they run organizations, the big organizations, and they, and they, can, they can hide behind the organizations to drive their agenda. The, uh, the, the leaders of the NFL are nothing but socialists and Marxists. They do not. Mm. They're, they're Democrats. They could care less about those kids on that field. They don't, they want, they're not the ones that drive a program and tell these kids to pull up their pants or get an education. They're not going to do that. No, they're they, not. They're using my race. They're using my race to drive the agenda. And they, they wanted to get a Hillary elected last year. It didn't work out. So now they want to make sure they slow down everything that uh, President Trump has to do to make our country great again. They're elitists. And we have to understand elitists are our enemy, not blacks and whites, not whites and, 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 and those are conservatives. It's black and white elitists like the commissioner. And I hope one day that we, we do enough to, to, to stop paying for this product and then take away the subsidies out of the government that they fire, they fire this guy. They need to fire people like that who do not stand for a brand that was, was, was really paid for by the sweat and tears of, of those owners who came earlier who really took a lot of risk. 
and, and develop a really strong brand that's now being destroyed by these guys who care less about the brand and care about their ideology. So that that includes or is maybe especially directed to <laughs> Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a head honcho. Yeah. He's the guy who's driving this. And, um, and understand behind this is ideology. One thing about, about socialists, elitists, and Marxists, they care more about their ideology than their business. They mm-hmm. care more about that than their race. They care more about that than anything else. So you have the John Lewis's, the Elijah Cummings. They could care less about the race that's being destroyed and damaged and, and the amount of murders and, and, and hopelessness going on. They could care less. They want to make sure that they have their little band of people they can hang out with and the ideology moves forward and they transition our, our country to what they see as being a, a greater country. Uh, we've proven that our free enterprise, Judeo-Christian values have trumped out on everything else in the world. We've done it for, for, for over two centuries. So we don't need to have these guys try to transform our country to something they, they never knew how to build in the first, in the first place. We're talking to Burgess Owens, a uh, former NFL great, Super Bowl champion, and author of the book Liberalism, or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. A fantastic read. The other problem that uh, I think the NFL has to deal with eventually is, <clears throat> is the CTE problem. Um, yes. And I, I don't know how many... Con- <laughs> con- uh, Concussions you received while you were playing, Burgess? Did you did you have a number of concussions while you were playing? No, I, I, I was very fortunate, but I've had friends of mine that I played with that have dealt with this, and it's a it's a very tragic uh, thing that that's part of the game. Uh, I'll say this: the um, thank goodness is we're now seeing it and beginning to address it. Uh, they're, 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 they are making changes. It is a physical game; it's a contact sport, so there's going to be risk. Yeah. And I'll say this on my side, and I'm, I'm glad, and I'm, I'm fortunate to play the position I did, um, uh, but I'm glad I was able to play the game because it, it, it worked out to me. It gave me confidence to do other things and, and allowed me to have a platform that I can now use. So there are many that are not coming out as well as I did, and we have to make sure we're taking care of those guys. And, of course, moving forward, make sure those coaches that are teaching our kids understand that it's not about their ego. Just make sure they, that we get the right kind of people teaching our kids to be safe and to approach the game in the right way. And it's not all, all about the coach and, 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 and whatever it takes to win. So if we get that done right, then I think the game will still be a very positive uh, impact for a lot of people. Would you advocate for further rules changes, or have they changed it enough? Uh, you know, and I think the rule changes will come as they understand more what the impact of, of different play is. Uh, I mean, you know, listen, Pat, I grew up, you know, we all remember, you know, you leave with your head. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that was out there. Oh, man. yeah. You make sure you don't miss. Well, now we don't leave with our head because we realize that's a, that could be a mess 40 years later. So yeah. what's going to happen is this going to continue to evolve as long as they're looking at how can you make sure the player's interest is, is, is done right. And at the end of the day, the game will have to evolve so that it's not only safe for the players now and in the long term, but also entertainment entertainment for the for the fans. I just I, I think, unfortunately, that a lot is being lost because it's become such a showboat uh, um, um, process now. I mean, the kids are not taught the way we were in the old days. It's a team sport. Hand the, hand the football back to the, the ref. Uh, you know, don't 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 you know, don't be a knucklehead. So so they've been very they've been very um, uh, creative in trying to be individuals. Where in the old days it was all about being teams. So that's kind of a reflection again about society. What's yeah. going on? What's being taught to these kids in these communities? And that's going to be something that has to be brought back by the family. And that's why we have to fight for the family now more than ever. So dads will stay in those homes and teach kids respect, humbleness, uh, focus, vision, uh, discipline, all those things that dads do 
teach kids that we need to have back in the family again. If uh, if people want to hear more and see more, BurgessOwensTalks.com, is that the best place to go? You, you got it. You got it, okay. Pat. And uh, you get my book on Amazon. And tell you guys, it's a great book in terms of what we've done together as a country. Sure it's is. all about us. We have had a great country. We'll continue to. Now that we know what the fight is, we do what we do best. We will win. Keep that in mind. We're going to win this. We just now need to stand up, man up, and get it done. Burgess, okay? gr- great to talk to you. And, and thanks for all you're doing to restore sanity in this country. I, I really appreciate it. Pat, anytime, buddy. Let's do this again. Let's do this we again. will. Appreciate we absolutely it. will. Okay. Thanks. Uh, again, the, na- the name of the book is Liberalism or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. And you can go to Burgess Owens Talks. BurgessOwensTalks.com. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Uh, first, got to tell you about Cosmo uh, Hurts Kids.com. Cosmo Hurts Kids is founded by Victoria Hurst. The Hearst family owns the Hearst Corporation, which publishes Cosmopolitan Magazine, known as Cosmo. So, obviously, uh, they're not trying to run Cosmo out of business. They don't want to change the content. They're all about freedom of speech and the First Amendment. It's just that Victoria believes Cosmo contains pornography, which is harmful to kids. And so, all she wants, the goal here, is to have states' material, harmful to minors' laws, applied to Cosmopolitan magazine as it is to other forms of pornography. So then it can't be sold to anybody under 18. Everybody wins. If you'd like to learn more about the campaign, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. And remember, they're not trying to censor. They're not trying to put them out of business. They just Victoria believes that we all need to take a stand against pornography being sold to anyone under the age of 18. So visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. You can tweet me at Pat Unleashed. As uh, G.D. Chappelle did after an ad disaster. She's talking about the uh, Dove ad disaster. We're just a flat-out racist ad campaign online. Terrible. They have a black woman who obviously uses Dove soap and turns into a white woman afterwards. (laughs) How did you... How is that okay in anybody's world? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, So after an ad disaster like that, Dove can't even leave selling facial cream to go sell facial cream. <laughs> really good point. Uh, for Michael P., uh, I haven't seen the new one, but in the old It, the clown was a forced hallucination, like government competence. hey <laughs> And uh, this is about Weinstein. Uh, Harvey Weinstein is a brony. <laughs> That's a guy who likes My Little Pony. That's cute. So that's cute. But what what did you like growing up that maybe looking back you're like, man, I really shouldn't have shouldn't have liked that. Uh, Can you think of anything? I know I'm putting you on the spot because I, I think really I was always such a manly such male, a manly there boy. Wasn't anything. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, I like the Partridge Family. Does that qualify? It's I like them for a while. Near the line, you it's might close. not want to cross. Yeah, it's close. Uh, meanwhile, UC Berkeley students. I I I, lo- I love these. Kids who are so 
afraid of hearing anything or feeling anything that they just they try to get adults to take it away from them. I they don't want to live life and they they want their life I guess to be completely uh they they want it to be completely stress-free um harm-free thought-free they don't, they don't want to hear anything that might mess with their worldview and now demands from these kids at UC Berkeley has gotten so ridiculous that um Four students at UC Berkeley have tried to weasel their way out of the midterm exams by claiming they need a safe space away from a stressful environment. Oh, stop it. The troubled students showed up to class. Here we go. Where their peers were settling in to take an exam. And the four of them demanded that they be able to take the exam home and they'd have significant time to prepare for it there. (laughs) prepare quote prepare for it yes we need significant time to prepare for the ad so we need to be able to take it at home one of the students added that their quote well-beings are being put on the line because of the emotional mental and physical stress that this university is compounding with what is already going on in their everyday lives unquote this is our mental health. This is our physical health, they said. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You need to be kicked out of school. Yeah, bye-bye. Just get out. Just get out. And then you'll have plenty of time to prepare for things. Prepare all you want mm. after that. Prepare to work at 7-Eleven the rest of your life. It should have very little <laughs> stress there. Very little stress. A participating student who was patiently trying to work on the exam asked if this was a filibuster, which incensed the protesters. Are you trying to silence us right now? Oh, hell no. Is that what you're trying to do? The student replied he was just trying to take his test. (laughs) The protesters then shouted at the class, I don't know why you're still like sitting down, y'all. I don't understand. I really don't. Y'all can't take your effing test, but people are dying out there. <laughs> and reminder, this is Berkeley. So this is like progress for those kids that aren't joining them, you know? It, it is. And it's only four kids, but four kids. y'all can take your, your effing test, but people are dying out there. That, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Then came the accusations that the test takers were supporting, yes, white supremacy for simply going to college and doing their exam like they were supposed to. What the? Fine. I mean, this is so ridiculous. Everything is used to justify everything now. It's These kids have been so participation trophied their whole lives yep. that they just continue to expect it the rest of their lives. And now they're running into this resistance where... I'm sorry, no, you're not taking an exam home so you can see. Should have been prepared for it already. That's part of why we do quizzes in class. Easy, Mr. White Privilege. I know. Finally, the the professor in the class, Harley Shaken, had enough, and he escorted them out into the hallway. The fragile students accused him of being unqualified to teach the course and claimed he knows nothing about labor issues in America (laughs) or Mexico because he's a white man. 
Have you ever checked unlisted or undocumented immigrant? I don't think so, one of the students said. Well, no, but what does that have to do with anything? I'm sorry. I, I Get out. <laughs> uh, Shaken wrote about and advocated for improved workers' rights in Mexico, actually. Specializes in labor issues and was presented in 1991 with the Outstanding Teaching Award at, the U- at UC San Diego. But the kids know best, of course. Um, they've taken their complaints to the Department of Ethnic Studies... Uh, and they're trying to, uh, have the professor excused from his position. Hmm. Well, that's a battle of liberals on liberals. I'm just about to say, I'm, I'm looking at this guy's, that's a battle of liberals eating their biography on the berkeley.edu website. Oh, you know, he's a lefty. Uh, Totally. No no doubt about it. He's the chair for the center for Latin American studies. Okay. Oh, that's enough right there to tell you that he's a left-wing guy. He's uh, He shares an appointment with the program in Social and Cultural Studies in the Graduate School of Education, which reflects a strong set of interests related to the role of schools and skills in the process of globalization. I'm really kind of surprised you didn't let him do it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right, kids. Here's, here's the test. Go home and look it over and take significant time to prepare and then take the test at home where you can cheat all you want by going online and finding the answers to every one of the questions. Go ahead, kids. I, I certainly don't want to cause you any stress or any feelings of anxiety whatsoever. <laughs> These are the kids that are going to take over this country eventually? I hope not. Oh, my goodness. Listen to this. We got uh, reshaping the global economy. Uh, this impo- is the professor? Yeah, this is the stuff he's into. Impoverished communities, new gender roles, economic gender roles. economic integration, immigration, environmental degradation. Hey, that rhymes. That sounds like almost like, an, like a U2 song. Uh, let's see. Struggles of Mexicans to forge a more open and democratic society. And that's true. Let's see. And my own research looks at the ways in which these themes come together, focusing on the intersection of global economic integration, labor, the organization. Which is why. Run-on sentence. And you know these kids know all of this. And that's why they, they claim that he knew nothing about labor issues in America a, or Mexico. He is a Latin American Big time labor uh, expert. Just FYI. <laughs> FYI. But kids. has he ever checked unlisted or undocumented immigrant? I don't think so. This guy. I mean, I love it when liberals fight liberals. It's awesome. Grab it the is. popcorn. It absolutely is. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Man, it's going to be fascinating when these kids graduate if they ever do. Yeah, and I wouldn't and, say good luck in the real world, but I don't know that the real world is still the real world. So yeah. Who knows? Are, are they gonna Are they gonna allow them this at Google if they go to Google or or Apple? I think they want some results <laughs> between playing the video games that they also feature and serving up the free food that they serve. Huh. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Returns. Triple Eight, 
Uh, we like to pay credit where credit is due, and the Trump administration is, again, doing something pretty good. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt announced today that the Trump administration is moving to scrap the Clean Power Plan, the Obama administration's signature regulatory program to curb emissions from coal-fired power plants. You might remember this little discussion in... uh, had to be 2007 or 8 from Barack Obama. The the problem is not technical. And the problem is not... uh, You know... You sufficient know. mastery of the legislative intricacies of Washington. Okay, thank you. The problem is, uh, can you get the American people to say this is really important no. and force their representatives to, mm-hmm. to. do the right thing? Yeah. Uh, that requires mobilizing, mobilizing. A, a, citizenry. a citizenry. That requires mm-hmm. them understanding what is at stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and climate change is a great example uh. You know, when I was asked earlier about uh, the issue of coal, uh, you know, yeah, under my plan <laughs> Here we go. Uh, of a cap and trade system, buckle up. Here it is. Electricity rates would, would necessarily, necessarily skyrocket. skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the they necessarily skyrocket, and then uh, I believe he said something about bankrupting the the coal industry. Mm. Hmm. I loved uh, having a Marxist that president. They would have to meet mm-hmm. the, the rigors of that rigors market, of that market. And, and the ratcheted down uh, caps that are placed, uh, imposed every year. Yeah. So or, if somebody wants to build a coal-fired plant, they, they can. can. Sure. It's they just can. that it will bankrupt them because <laughs> oh, they're going to okay, be charged a huge sum for all that uh, greenhouse gas that's being emitted. Oh, that's wonderful. That not that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Let's just drive coal-fired Let's just drive the entire coal yeah. industry mm-hmm. out of business because we don't have anything to replace it. No. So uh, that'll be great. And that's why he said electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket because he planned to bankrupt the coal industry. So you're worried about us having the next step ready to go for when we get rid of coal. Kind of, yeah. See, that's, that's part B. Right. You just need to worry about part, part A. a. Don't worry it, about it the line. Bankrupt between... coal. Right. Just stop it right yeah, now. We're done. Right now. It's it's like some of these wacky countries like France are doing with vehicles, with the combustion engine. We're banning the combustion engine in Paris before we know for sure whether we have the next generation ready to go. Mm. Because right now, electric electric cars are not quite there. They can't take the burden. They can't, they can't do this right now. We can't do it with just electric cars. So let's develop the technology and then... But no, these guys are so out of control. Uh, but Pruitt said, Scott Pruitt from the Trump administration said, that rule uh, really was about picking winners and losers. The past administration was unapologetic. They were using every bit of power, authority to use the EPA to pick winners and losers on how we pick electricity in the country, and that is wrong. He's absolutely right about that. He said on uh, he said tomorrow he will sign a proposed rule to formally withdraw the plan. It is right for this administration to say the war is over. Wait a minute. Hold on. So the war on coal is apparently officially over, finally. Wait, this is important. When did he say that? He said tomorrow 
He said on Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, hell, do you know how many people he's going to interact with between now and tomorrow? He's going to change his mind half a dozen times. I hope to God he sticks to his guns on no, this. I do too. <clears throat> but this is this is Scott this, Pruitt saying this. So oh, good. I'm sorry. I have more confidence in Scott Pruitt Whew. sticking with it. My apologies. No, Scott Pruitt's awesome. I'm sorry. I thought this was a Trump quote. Yeah, My no. This, Scott Pruitt's pretty good. Very good. He's pretty oh, good. I'm happy now. The Thank decision you. comes after Trump said in late March he ordered a review of the controversial program. Cool. Which was put on hold more than a year ago by the Supreme Court amid legal challenges from, among others, Pruitt himself. The Clean Power Plan aimed to reduce carbon emissions from coal-burning power plants by having states meet certain targets. Supporters see the plan as a critical plank in efforts to curb global warming. Ugh. But critics (laughs) contend it would kill thousands of jobs and take direct aim at the struggling coal sector. It's only struggling because he drove, what, 260 coal plants out of business yeah we sh- we shuttered uh, probably more than that because the last figure i heard a few years ago was something like 260 i bet it's over 300 coal pl- plants shut down by the obama administration just absolutely shut down <sighs> and shuttered completely meanwhile trump is having a little war with another republican senator who's on his way out uh, Bob Corker and Donald Trump having a little tweet storm back and forth. It's just so embarrassing. Uh, Trump tweeted out, Senator Bob Corker begged me to endorse him for re-election in Tennessee. I said no, and he dropped out, said he could not win without my endorsement in the next tweet. <laughs> he also wanted to be Secretary of State. I said no thanks. He's also largely responsible for the horrendous Iran deal. Hence, I would fully expect Corker to be a negative voice and stand in the way of our great agenda. Didn't have the guts to run. Bob Corker gave us the Iran deal, and that's about it. We need health care. We need tax cuts reform. We need people that can get the job done. And then uh, Corker finally tweets out, It's a shame the White House has become an adult daycare center. (laughs) Someone obviously missed their shift this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love that response. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. Corker is not great. He's terrible. Uh, But uh, that's kind of a weird attack by the president of the United States. I mean, literally. what? Maybe not helpful. Let's make a deal, Mr. President. Like, as a country, what can we do? How can we convince you? To stay off of Twitter, social media, Twitter specifically, for the rest of your term. Just stop tweeting. Like, seriously, man. Can you imagine how much it, it would just help so much if you just stayed off Twitter? Someone <laughs> change the lock code on the dude's phone, please. Don't don't tweet about the NFL. No. Don't tweet about senators. Don't tweet about congressmen. Don't tweet about health care. Don't tweet. Stop. Don't tweet. It's doable. I did it for years. You can be done. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've got a parody song brewing in my head for Weird Al. Okay, you know the No Doubt song, Don't Speak? Mm-hmm. How don't about, tweet. No, don't tweet. Yeah. Because I know what you're thinking, and your thumbs are mistaken. Don't tweet because yeah, it might, hurts. I just came up with you that. You might want to leave the rest, too. You don't like that? Uh, yeah. That was, that was literally off the top of my head. I don't get any credit for that Really? Wow. Uh, don't tweet like we couldn't tell that was literally off the top of your head <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't tell that 
Oh boy, but seriously, the man is an embarrassment. And um, and if you look at his tweets yesterday, and and the timeline of when he was pulling up to play golf, I swear, dude tweeted on the way to the golf course while someone was driving. Great, great. And then he played the front nine. And then he let off this one quick missive there at the turn. And then he played the back nine, and then he started tweeting again in the car back. I mean, he should stop tweeting. Please, it's he literally stop, it's an addiction. Oh, it's the worst it of both worlds. It's his ego with his access to social media. And, and dude, you're the president of the United States. You won. Relax, okay. Stop with this tit for tat immaturity. Just uh, real time immaturity from this guy on display for the entire world to see, and it's just sick. It's interesting too that that as soon as. Uh, Pence left that football game yesterday. He was taking credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, I told him to do that. That's been a plan for a long time. Okay, well, it's kind of dumb if that was a plan for a long time. It's it's really, then it's kind of a manufactured stunt, isn't it? Totally. And, totally. That's, and, and, and of course, that's what the NFL players are saying about and, it. And even, that it's even, a stunt. Even down to the picture that Pence tweeted out, which was an old picture that he had used, the why last you, time he was at the Colts game. Why would you do this? That is so Trump, the trip by v- Vice President Pence was long planned. Ugh. I mean, you've just you've just ruined it He's... by saying that. You just ruined it. Triple eight seven two seven back. Also, a Missouri woman who is an adherent of the Satanic Temple won a victory in court last week in her quest to show that. Uh, that state's abortion law violates her religious beliefs. The Western District Court of Appeals ruled in favor Tuesday, writing that her constitutional challenge, rare for its basis in religion, presented a contested matter of right that involves fair doubt and reasonable room for disagreement. The woman, identified as just Mary Doe in court documents, argued that her religion does not adhere to the idea that life begins at conception. And because of that, the prerequisites for an abortion in Missouri are unconstitutionally violating her freedom of religion protected by the First Amendment. That is such garbage. The court ordered a transfer of the woman's case to the Missouri Supreme Court. The problem here is that she went to get her abortion and she got her abortion because obviously abortion is legal. She went to she went and and got the abortion, but they said in order to have the procedure, you just have to look at uh, at the ultrasound. Why do they look at the ultrasound? Because then they can see that there's life inside. And very often when they see that, they change their mind. Uh, the law compels women to wait 72 hours between the initial visit and the procedure. And in that time, you have to view an active ultrasound and sign a form pledging that they've read a booklet that includes the line, the life of each human being begins at conception. Abortion will terminate the life of a separate, unique, living human being. Whoa. Well, I don't care what religion you are. That is fact. That's just science. That's just true. And it doesn't... I mean, this is so ridiculous to send this to the Missouri Supreme Court and waste their time with Satanism and treat that like it's a legitimate 
religion. Stop it. All religions are not equal. They're not. And it, the, the First Amendment does not claim they are. She declined to hear her fetus's heartbeat and felt guilt and shame. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. We certainly wouldn't want to cause you any guilt or shame just for taking human life. That's illegal to feel guilt or shame, by the way. I don't know if you know those updated laws. She claims the sole purpose of the law is to, to indoctrinate pregnant women into the belief held by some, but not all, Christians that separate, that a separate and unique being begins at conception. Well, you'll see that there is a separate and unique being inside of you when you have the ultrasound. But because the law does not recognize or include other beliefs, she, it doesn't have to. She contends that it establishes an official religion and makes clear that the state disapproves of her beliefs. But see, that's not the issue. The issue in the First Amendment, good heavens, I, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, It's Congress making a law that establishes a religion. That isn't what that line in the abortion law does. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, and so on. So, Congress shall make no law. This is the Establishment Clause. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. That is not what the abortion law does. But what, what do you want to bet? The Missouri Supreme Court rules in her favor, and they strike down that law. I'll bet you that happens. Because we believe that this case raises real and substantial constitutional claims, it is within the Missouri Supreme Court's exclusive jurisdiction, and we hereby order its transfer. Wow. Uh, for the satanic temple. That's where we are in America right now. Pretty frightening. 888 uh, got to tell you about uh, My Patriot Supply. Uh, because obviously things are going haywire in this country. And if you want to provide a really solid foundation for the survival of your family, uh, this is a more important time than ever to do that. We've seen so many things go wrong, whether it's you know weather occurrences or shootings, terrorist attacks. So many things can go wrong. And if you're prepared, you don't have to fear them. So with all the craziness that's going on today, take some simple steps to in, ensure that your family will be self-reliant, to ensure that you don't have to wait on FEMA or any government agency. When things go wrong, you, you can't depend on the government. You need to have your own plan. And the folks at My Patriot Supply are America's most trusted emergency food storage provider. That's why I trusted them for my family's backup plan, and you really should too. Right now, you can get a 102-serving survival food kit for less than a dollar per serving. This is, I mean, it's great food. It's easy to store. It stores in, in just a section of a room. Doesn't take up a lot of space. It includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it lasts up to 25 years in storage. So you'll be ready if anything happens. Call them today. 888-411-5293. 888 888- 
411-5293 or preparewithpat.com. That's preparewithpat.com. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy birthday to our director, Mark. Hey. He's a whopping 25 years old. <laughs> what? I guess his car insurance will finally go down now. Oh. Seriously, that, that's nice. That, that's like the last milestone age that's worth anything. Because you think of it, you're 16, you get to drive. Yeah. 18, you get to vote. 21, mm-hmm. drink. 25, you get to rent a car. And after that, they're all... And your insurance just, should go down Your a insurance bit. goes down. I mean, you get to 30 and you're technically old now. Yeah. You know, people are like, you don't even want to be asked your age anymore after like 40. You know, I really regret the fact that I thought I was old when I was 30. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Because looking back, I shouldn't know, have thought that. I should I not have thought that. Um, happy birthday, Mark. Congratulations yeah, on that's great. still being young. Jerk. By the way... Uh, the 49ers are uh, talking about the systemic <laughs> I, I, the systemic oppression. This is what it looks like. I, I guess the fact that Mike Pence left the game, that's what systemic oppression looks like? Sure. No? If that's what oppression looks like, it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody left a football game... And that's the oppression you're talking about? What a great country. If that's what you can freaking point to as oppression in this country, you've got it way better than you should. You should maybe shut your trap. Right. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's unbelievable. Did the checks cash after the game uh, yesterday for the 49ers millionaires? Yeah, they did. Just wondering. Yeah. They're sizable checks, too. Mm -hmm. They're, They're kind of sizable. And all these millionaires, this is what oppression looks like. Shut up. Oh, it's pathetic. It's just, I can't even take it. You know, David Barton was, was uh, in here earlier, and he and I were talking in the hall, and he was telling me about um, this uh, black guy during the Civil War who went up to the North so he could fight in the Civil War, and he received a Medal of Honor... Uh-huh. for doing everything possible he could do to keep the American flag from touching the ground during the Civil War. Wow. And these guys today mm. are protesting oppression, these millionaires. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, who, uh, you guys were talking earlier on Glenn's show. It's like uh, the you are a millionaire football player. You are in the... Upper one percent, point zero one percent. How dare you? Yeah, rip this country. Screw you. Uh, and that's how a lot of people are feeling, and that's why the NFL. That's why the the uh, NFL approval rating is going down so much. More than twenty San Francisco players took a knee yesterday during the anthem. No cult players uh, were protesting. But Eric Reed, who's a 49ers safety, who knelt, and he knelt right alongside Colin Kaepernick last season, uh, said earlier this year 
that the act is designed to press for equality and tackle what he said was systemic oppression. (laughs) This is not about the military. Uh, This is not about the flag. This is not about the anthem. My mother served in the armed forces. Three of my uncles served in the armed forces. In fact, my mom would have gone to the Persian Gulf War had she not been pregnant with me. I have the utmost respect for the military, the anthem, and the flag. So I will say I will say that every time you interview me. Well, you can say whatever you want, but you knelt right beside the guy who said it was about the flag, and it is about the country. And he's the one who started it. Maybe you should have listened to him in the first place and figured out what this is about. And as Burgess Owen said, these guys are so ill-informed. They don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know what the deal is with the police, with with the numbers of black people shot compared to the number of white people shot. And why are they shot? Was it justifiable? Was there a hands-up, don't-shoot moment in Ferguson? No, there was not. And yet, that was an, that spawned an entire movement. Yeah, that lie spawned an entire movement yeah. of hands up, don't shoot. That's where we're at. From that, that one lie has gotten out of control to this. Reed said he knew our team has had the most players protest, meaning uh, Mike Pence. He knew that we were probably going to do it again. This is what systemic oppression looks like. A man with power comes to a game, he tweets a couple of things out, and leaves the game with an attempt to thwart our efforts. That's, if, seriously, if that is what systemic oppression looks like, you've got no leg to stand on. <laughs> That's a first world problem right there, my friend. Wow. Is it ever. <laughs> Good. And it's, it's even pretty tough to call it a problem. <laughs> right. I was being generous there. <laughs> Jeez systemic oppression because a guy left a game and tweeted you know when when you've got people in this in uh, on this planet who are really oppressed people who are actually still slaves people who are sex slaves 11 year old girls who've been taken by people and used as slaves that's systemic oppression that's a problem that's a real issue you making, uh, we should look up Eric Reed's salary. It's probably between 5 and $10 million as a safety in the NFL. That's not systemic oppression, my friend. That's a country that's given you such unbelievable opportunity. You might want to stop for a minute and take note of it. He has a guaranteed salary of $5.67 million. Pretty good guess. All right, 888-933-93. Use that number tomorrow. We'll talk to you then on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.